So this episode is dedicated to the memory of Robin Dow, who sadly passed away on the 22nd of May. My granddad's love of football was incredible and it was a huge shared passion of ours. So I want to dedicate this episode to him and rest in peace, granddad. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Everybody and welcome to a special edition of Glory Days of Gold, and of which will be the first episode that we're not full, uh, solely focusing on East Fife. This is going to be our Euro 2020-2021 show, and delighted to be an, uh, to announce that we've got a special guest joining us. That's not Gordon Henderson. So we'll go around the table. We've got Michael McCall, who's managed to join us for this one. Good evening, Michael. Good evening. Morning, Scotland. We're also joined by one of our usual guests, Gordon Henderson. Good evening, Gordon. Evening. And I don't think that any introduction will do this man justice. An absolute legend of the lower leagues. He played for some teams up the up the stairs, but we're not really bothered <laughs> about that. But more importantly, Dr. Goals himself, Kenny Jukar. Good evening, Kenny. Hi guys, thanks for having me on. When you started that intro there, I thought you were going to, you were talking about Doug Perry. No. No, he's an enigma, an absolute enigma. Um, I think he's going for the fashionably late entrance, but I'm actually going to put money on that something I'll ping in the group chat uh, tomorrow morning that he's came back from the pub steaming, uh, fell asleep and has missed the recording. I'm so, thinking that as well, because he had a, a nice little photo on his Facebook of a sexy ankle in it. I don't think it was his. And a couple of beers on the table. And that was, I think, 12 or 1 o'clock this afternoon. Yeah, that's not good. No, he's, he's just doing some uh, some preseason training for the Euros. I think. Good thinking to be fair to him. Good thinking to be fair. I ordered um, since we've last spoke. I bought myself a home like one of these home beer kits that you know with the beer tap and you put it down the crop sub, and uh, eight eight kegs arrived of that during the week. To which my missus was scratching her head and said, "Why have you ordered eight? And I just said one word: Euros. And I think that that'll probably be the, the resounding answer for many of the, the football fan across Scotland that, you know, it's acceptable that if you're on day off and, you know, it's Belgium versus Russia, that you, you wire into a pint at one in the afternoon without judgment. There can't be any. So I'm going to talk a bit about... That is exactly it as well. It's impossible. It's impossible to order any less than eight. True, because otherwise you're paying the price of a sub for the same price as delivery. And I'm all about being economic. So, you exactly. know, you've that's, that's my argument to the wife as well. Absolutely. And what's your tipple of choice for the, the, the sub then? Is it Moretti? Um, 
I mean, ideally, it's the Brewdog IPA, but it's extortionate for that. So I'll just take anything that's £8 a keg. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't find the Brewdog keg anywhere. I've actually ordered um, two new ones, but I can't actually remember what they were. But it was was two German beers. I thought, you know what, I'll give them a try. And when Germany are on, then I've got an excuse to drink four pints. It's no no worth it. It's no worth it for, what, £16 or something for, like... Four liters, you're better off just buying buying the cans for that. But don't don't get drawn into the delirium. It's like actually lethal. Well, you funny. See that the one with the pink with the pink elephant. Yes, you start dreaming um, about pink elephants. <laughs> I could actually tell our listeners a story about this. So there's a a, a a sub that you could get, and it's called Delirium, and it comes from Belgium. And there's actually a bar in Belgium called Delirium Tremens, which is where I believe that it's made. And I went there probably about six years ago. My wife went to university in Belgium for a bit, so she took me to the, the places that she went out and stuff, and I had two pints of that stuff. And I was literally walking like Gordon Gilbert, the newborn foal, I was absolutely staggering all over the place. So, yeah, definitely for our listeners, don't get involved in that. And that's coming straight from a doctor as well. So I was going to say, this is like us. our public health. Delirium Trevins is a life-threatening condition in all seriousness. Oh. Yeah, there we go. So, going to talk about, in terms of our format today, we've got a few uh, subjects. And the first one that I'm going to bring up to us is, in the Euros... I want to talk about what your surprise package is. Who do you think is the team that is going to surprise everybody? And I'm going to go with mine first to give you an idea. So there were two teams that I was looking at in the betting that I thought that their odds were a little bit shorter than I expected. And the team that I've picked in the end is Turkey. Yeah, I know how much you like a gobble, Mike, which is why I picked them. So... I went for Turkey for a few reasons. They played the Netherlands off the park the last time. Now, obviously, we did that during the week as well, to be fair, so that's maybe not too much reasons to read into them. But when you look into their squad, the spine of their team is absolutely excellent. So they've got Suyuncu that obviously plays at Leicester. You've then got Calvin Oglu, who plays at AC Milan's, had another good season. And you've got Yilmaz, who's just won the league. Where you picked the right team to pronounce all their names, didn't you? Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, I purposely didn't go for the Russians or the Croats. <laughs> He's been practising all day for that. <laughs> Literally stood in front of the mirror, making sure I was getting that right to honour. What's the name? He's been on FIFA. Hey, how do you say that name? <laughs> anyway, you're actually bursting my plan here. Like, I'm trying to slip under the radar. So... Aside of that, that's who I've picked as my outside bet. For any of our listeners that are interested, you could currently pick up um, Turkey at 18 to 1, um, which I've got my each way bet on. So hopefully, hoping to at least make the semi finals. Gordon, who's your outside bet? I was going to say Turkey as well, but I'll say someone else now. Um, something about Turkey, I was looking at some of the results as well, and the they seem they've got a, they've had a lot of really good results against quite good teams. Yeah. Um like someone like Denmark, I think they're quite good at beating crap teams, but Turkey have beaten quite a lot of good teams. I think maybe if I'm not picking Turkey, if I'm looking at someone that could maybe get to a semi final, potentially a final and be a bit of a surprise. Poland. Um they did really well in qualifying. 
They only dropped five points. They've been a pretty solid team for a long time. Do you want to um, pronounce some of their names? Lewandowski, I'll take that. <laughs> Lewandowski, yeah. Um, let's see who's some, some of their big players. We've got. Uh, oh my God, nah, no. Nah. Fr- Frankowski, yeah, yeah, got him. Big Frank. Um, Berenzinski. No. <laughs> Oh no, there's some in there. Uh, there's See some what you've there, done to this podcast in the first ten minutes, Juker. You've put everybody on a knife edge. <laughs> Fabianski, Fabianski, of course. There we go. Yeah, yep. I'm now going to have to look up the the players on the team that I've picked. So, well, we'll come to Kenny then. He'll probably just say England, so he could get away with saying Kane and look, without looking like a mug. But we'll come well, to I'll you, then, Kenny. Scotland, England, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I uh, I was going to say hopefully Scotland because anything better than getting knocked out in the knockout stages I think makes us a surprise package <laughs> that we've never uh, qualified for the, the knockout stages before. So I'm hoping uh, that uh, Scotland surprise me because... Every time we come to the tournament, hopes are high, and you get there, and then it's just such a such a disappointment. Or I really think that we need to beat the Czech Republic in the first game. But as I say, if, if Scotland qualify for the uh, knockout stages, I would say that's a a surprise actually. But if we're talking about maybe I, I maybe cheated a wee bit, I had really down as uh, my surprise. Uh, package. I thought. I think that it's unlikely that you're going to end up with like a team like Denmark or Greece, which has happened before. That have uh, maybe maybe won it because they've they've increased the number of teams. So there's there's knockout stages for the last sixteen. So the the weird teams that didn't have the same strength and depth in their squads. When you're starting to get to the uh, the later rounds you're really going to suffer. I mean, Portugal probably got away with it last year that Ronaldo got injured. Now, if he got injured in the semi-final, they never would have won it. They, they've managed to grind out a, a victory somehow in, in one game without their best player. But some of these nations rely on one or two uh, key players. So I, I, I find that um, I would be very surprised if there's very many teams in the later stages in the semi-finals that only maybe the fourth of the big six and big six I would say France, Belgium, Germany, Spain, Italy, Holland. Um but my my surprise package as I say I'm maybe cheating a wee bit um is Italy um to to win it. So I'm no thinking or uh, uh, make the semis. I'm I'm thinking surprise package maybe Italy to win it because they're not really getting the uh, the respect and the betting. They're maybe like seventh or eighth. I mean, you, you, for some reason, England are always like second favourites or whatever. But I suppose that's just because all the money's going on in in England. Uh, but you know, Italy are are good value. I think uh, where where they come in um, and they've hardly conceded any goals and. Uh, they, they, they're, they're good going forward. They've got a few good forward players and you know that they're going to be tight at the back. I mean, I think they only conceded four uh, in qualifying or whatever. So, I mean, I, I think that they've got a right good chance. They're always good in the when they they get to the tournament. So, 
I'm seeing surprise package maybe to win it uh, Italy. Um, I hadn't really thought beyond that if, uh, for uh, any of the, uh, the, the the kind of lesser teams to make the semis because I, I think that that is going to be very, very unlikely that anybody outside those big six, maybe England, hopefully not, make it to the semis. I think, yeah, Italy had a good shout. When I was looking at Italy's squad, the only thing I thought about was their back line, well, particularly the two centre-halves in Benucci and Chiellini. Yes, I did play FIFA. Um, definitely are a bit old. And if they come up against... The, the, I, I personally think that if we're just putting... If we had to put our lives on any team to win it, I would personally pick France because their strength and depth is amazing. They're resolute at the back, their midfield strong, and then they're attacking, like... You know, Mbappe, Benzema, and um, what's his name? Griezmann as your front three. You know, I think that they run riot against a, a, a Benucci and a Chiellini, but equally Italy going no, forward. No, these guys, these guys are so experienced. Like that, I, I get it's maybe there's maybe an extra game in that, but these guys, they, especially if they win the first couple of games and they can rotate a bit for the third for the third game. Uh, give, give them a, a, a bit of a rest but I mean the centre-halves know the most taxing position I suppose it's the, 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 the um, I, I think that they are far too experienced that that, that, that would affect them and they, 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 they have got depth at that position as well so I mean they, they, they've only it's tournament play so it is different for like running the qualifiers and, and, and having that but Italy are always good defensively in these competitions they're, they're horrible to play against they're probably not that good to watch um, but again they, they, they're, they're, they are not going to be far away in any game that they play As a striker then like if, if you're playing for St Johnson for example, at that time, are you more nervous about coming up against a Davy Weir, or are you more nervous about coming up against a a, a quick centre half or or winger? Uh, somebody who's quick probably is uh, what I am. I wouldn't like to come up against uh, because if I've got if I've if I can get a pace advantage against somebody my my strength was in, in the air so I fancy myself against anybody in the air but you know when when you when you bring in somebody that's fast you're getting you're getting nothing uh, and even if you get away from them they're going to catch you like well they were definitely going to catch me <laughs> so <laughs> uh, uh, like when I when I play, well, I play, went down to play with uh, Northampton town I I, I started to chase this guy back like he was he, he was playing like fullback or wing back or, or whatever and I started this guy was playing for crew a guy called John Austin Bohr and uh, I started to write I'm going to work for the team it was my first game I was trying to impress and I started chasing this guy and he was just disappearing off into the distance and I was like <laughs> sprinting full belt and it, it, it was like I was walking he was just <clears throat> uh, and I've never seen anybody with that type of pace before like up in Scotland Um it's just such an advantage if you are quick. I mean, Mbappe, uh, the, the, the speed that he's got, it's just, it's actually incredible. I remember, we well, were obviously talking about uh, major tournaments and that, um, and I'm maybe getting sidetracking a wee bit for you, but I remember um, the last time we were at a major tournament, and it was uh, France, uh, France 98, and it was the opening game of the World Cup against the world champions, Brazil, 
And it was like every time Ronaldo, like the original Ronaldo, got the ball, you were like, no, like he he is just too quick, too sharp. Like, oh, it's Colin Henry. Oh, every time Ronaldo went anywhere near it, it, it was like you, you, you just couldn't relax. You just thought, oh, my God, he's just going to smash every time it comes to him, he's going to score. And I don't know how we got, uh, got through that way. <laughs> it been a tight game because he he was just incredible, and that that's all about the pace and Charlton. And, and I see Mbappe as the the same kind of the same kind of standard as that. He's he's so it, it's like uh, you didn't know what he's going to do, but you know it's going to be good. It's it's kind of in that sort of similar vein, uh, Henri, that it doesn't look like he's running. It's like he's gliding. You know what I mean? It looks like his, his feet don't even touch the ground. And I mean, I, I, I watched um, them in, in Europe this year a few times and I'm just like, how has he managed it? Because he was coming up against quick players, like even at set, the, the City game and stuff, Kyle Walker's no mug and he was he was running past Kyle Walker and he like, you know. Kyle Walker's unbelievably fast, I know, I know. The, the, I've got a story about that. We, we did fitness testing when I was at St. Johnston up at uh, Dundee University and uh, we were uh, in like a, it was like a hall, so um, we like a, maybe like a wooden or solid kind of floor. And obviously any noise in a hall like that, like echoes and, uh, and it sounds louder. So we're doing these like uh, 40 meter uh, sprints and they had like the lasers uh, at either end to, to timers. In the centre half, he takes, the big centre half, he takes off and he's like, he looks as if he's trying like, the hardest anybody's ever tried anything before. And it's like, it's just making like so much noise. It's like, battering doing this 40 meter, 40 meter track and the manager shouting, brilliant mate, brilliant guys, brilliant, keep it going, brilliant. Oh, great effort. Oh, look at that. That's how, that's how much effort you need to put in, right? And then Gavin Swanky, who was like the winger, right? He comes up and he starts and he goes like that. It's like, yeah. Can he hardly hear anything, right? And the manager's like giving him absolute dog's abuse, right? You're no trying, that's that's no effort, blah, blah, blah. And they look at the time and he's like about three quarters of a second, and, and that's over like 40 meters, three quarters of a second to a second faster than the other boy. But it's because all the energy is like propelling him forward, whereas the other guy, like all the energy's like, getting into the, 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 the ground and, like, slowing him up, basically. And that's me. But it looks like he's trying. So you're supposed to run on your tiptoes. Sprinters, you run on your tiptoes. And everyone Aye. else, you run on your feet. And it, that sounds... Most people run on their feet and they don't realise if you want to sprint, you've got to go on your tiptoes. But... Uh, Aye. You've, got to glide, you've, got to glide, you've got to glide. It's got to... Like, the, the, all your effort has got to go into propelling you forward. The, the other guy that... He, and, and I'm not saying he was quick, but... There was another guy I played with called uh, James McCarthy at, at Hamilton. He wasn't quick, but like the movement and the way that he glided across the and changed direction and all the rest of it, it was just like you just couldn't believe that he would that he would get to Hinks. And it was it, it looked effortless. It, it, it's it, it, it's it's just it's something that you you can't really you can't teach it really. I mean, you can improve sprinting and that, but you can't really teach that uh, technique, if you like, and the way they the, the way that they move and the, the guys at the very very top level, 
the, all the effort that they're putting in is, is like economical and getting them places. There's no, there's no wasted energy going into the ground or whatever. And it, it just gives them that extra edge that, that uh, mere mortals like the Scotland team just didn't have. This goes back to that Gordon Strachan argument saying that we don't have the genetics to keep up with the, the other teams when you've got Lionel Messi at 5'8", the, the best player in the world. But that's by the <laughs> by. Michael... Um, surprise package. I I came at this from two different ways because I've I've got two for different reasons. My surprise package that I picked is a team to get through the group stages. I don't think they'll get past that because if they finish second in their group, they're going to probably face Italy in the next round. But it's, it's North Macedonia. Partly based on how they did against Germany recently. But you look at that group and it's Ukraine, Austria, Holland. Holland didn't strike me as great shakes during the week. Austria and Ukraine could be hit or miss. I can see them all taking points off each other and possibly North Macedonia sneaking it through. But my other surprise package is a surprise package not to get through the group stages. And I think it will be Germany. I don't think they'll get out of their group. I think they're going to be a big flop in this tournament. They've got Portugal, France and Hungary. Hungary have got two games in Budapest. So that's going to give them a little bit of an edge already. I've got a friend here that's German and he tweets a lot of stuff about the national team and they've been going through a really tough patch. Now, obviously, Joachim Lowe's moving on, so he's going to want to leave on a high. But I... I just think they're going to struggle and I think they're going to be my surprise for not getting out of the group. Well, it's not like Werner's been banging in the goals at Chelsea, is he? Mm. Um, you know, there's been some absolutely horrendous misses from him across the course of the season. So, And then when no, he does score, it usually gets ruled out by VAR. Or handball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the two. So, yeah, I think, no, I could totally agree with that. I, I'm, I'm surprised. That I'm, going to stick, I'm going to stick my neck on the line and say that there's no way North Macedonia are going to qualify for the group. No, no, I Germany, don't think so either. Germany will definitely qualify as well. Germany are playing all the games in back, Munich. You can come well. back to me uh, in, the, in the third show. I'm, 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 <laughs> uh, I'm having North Macedonia's win against Germany was a total fluke. They're not going to... They played well in that I'll game. Be, I think it'll be a surprise if they get a point in that game. <laughs> I was, was going to say, I, I, I would bet that they won't get no points. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of definitely and an awful lot of bets, but nobody putting their money where their mouth is. I'm not putting money on North Macedonia. Take <laughs> <laughs> bag if you didn't, Michael. You can't even. I, come here bag. <laughs> I want to know what odds you get for North Macedonia qualifying. Oh, I I didn't look at that. I looked at Scotland's odds. Oh, none of the teams are really good odds though, because the bookies are like. Because three teams can potentially go through from some of the groups. The odds are shitty for pretty much every team getting through. Yeah. Holland, Holland against us were on cruise control. Like, it's a friendly. They are, they are, they are going to perform when it matters. Uh, I, I mean, and Ukraine on the mugs, they were, they were actually in pot. They were actually the team in pot one. Uh, for the draw, 
uh, Holland were the team in, uh, in pot two. Ah, so, Ukraine won their group for qualifying, didn't they? Aye, so I, 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 uh, I'm not having my, uh, North Macedonia either. I mean, Austria on the great shakes, they, they, drew, they drew with Scotland after all. Uh, but they, they, they didn't disgrace themselves against England. And in fact, the guys missed a sitter of a header. Um, and, uh, and they could have nicked a draw uh, against England. I, I know, I know, we're talking about friendlies again, but um, it's a friendly for both teams, I suppose. Uh, but I, I'm not having North Macedonia, mate. I'm sorry. Well, let's see. It's fine. We've got one. I... We've got one player. Have they know it's Pandev, and is he Pandev, about fifty? Yeah, I, 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 I pulled up their their players. I could pronounce most of them, so it's all right. They've got a couple Michael, of what, what odds did you get on Pandev to finish top scorer? Funnily enough, I didn't have him down as my top scorer. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, that's that's a good segue into that then, right? Let's let's take that. And we're gonna go top goal scorer. And again, I'll start. I've copped out and I've said Mbappe. So did I. <laughs> um, I I toyed between him and Kane, but I actually think that England are gonna go out early. I think they'll get to the first qualifying round and go out. So they'll get through the group and they'll go out in the, the next group. Um, I right, think if, they, if, they, if they win, we actually, I, I don't want us to win our group <laughs> because yeah. the winner of your group plays, what, sec, the second place team in the uh, the German, France, Germany, well, Portugal. Yeah, so yeah. whoever wins your group is going to win the next round. <laughs> hopefully, because uh, hopefully it's England. <laughs> Well, while you're on the subject, Kenny, who have you put as your top goal scorer? Uh, I've I've had I've actually put a pound on Immobile and Italy at hundred to one to be top scorer and uh, Italy to win it. Yeah, good shout. So I, fan, I fancy him. I fancy him to nick a, a few goals. I, I didn't see that they've got a very difficult group, so um, yeah. the, um, the, he might he might already have three three goals before they even get to the. The uh, the knockout stages. I suppose that's how Harry Kane won his at the World Cup, didn't he? They had Diddy teams in their group, so um, did they not uh, have? He, uh, he always manages to get a Diddy team in his group, eh? Yeah. Uh, who, what was the team that they played? Panama. Panama and Tunisia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Harry Kane is just your poor man's Oleg Salenko. Oh, he's five, five and one game at the '94 World Cup, and then signed yeah. for Rangers, and he was did absolutely he get, jobby. Did he? Did he get a golden boot at that World Cup for scoring like five goals so. against Cameroon or five something? Five goals in one game. I think he was a sub in that. I'm not sure about that, but I five goals in one game, and he got the, he was he, he maybe shared the golden boot. I didn't even know if he won it. There you go. Oh, well, you can remember his what? I still remember his name, don't I? Yeah, it's a good point though. It's a good point. It's like any time that somebody talks about the Euros and and I just remember past the Doppelos at Greece and uh, all their players, like they, they just went on and you thought, oh, they all get picked off with big teams. But then was it not the guy that went to Bolton? Oh, I'm going to have to try and pronounce this. He's got to laugh. You, Gianna- you are actually having a nightmare already, aren't you? Gian, Gian Canopoulos that went to Bolton? <laughs> I think so, well, yeah. <laughs> Snuffleupagus. Desi, we speak. We've just signed everybody from the Thundercats um, from the, the, the potential season. Um, 
segue from that one since I've got the push up to me again. And um, we'll go to you, Gordon. Who's your top goal scorer? Uh, I'm going to go Lukaku. Uh, he's had a he scored a lot of goals in Italy this season. Uh, again, Belgium don't have the toughest group. Denmark, Finland, Russia could get a few goals there. Um, I don't know what their like route through the tournament is, but I fancy them to get quarterfinals, semi-finals. Um, I think he could score a few goals. Belgium, to me, have had an outstanding squad for the last three or four major tournaments, but always seem to flatter to deceive. And I mean, you look right through their team, every position has got quality in it. Yeah. But again, I'm, I'm not hearing people talking about them as, as potentials to win it. So maybe defensively, they're not quite as good as they are going forward. I mean, their forward players are ridiculous. Um, the last World Cup, I mean, really... You know, they came third, they got pretty closely beat by France in the semi. If they'd got past France, they would have beat Croatia, I think. Yeah. I think they are good enough. Um, I'm not sure they'll win it, but uh, I think they definitely could. Like, for me, I think France are probably favourites, but I'd probably put Belgium second. Um, fancy them to get at least to the semis. I think, I think Belgium, Belgium had, like, all other players were on form at that World Cup. Their other players were on form. I, f- I feel as if maybe new like Hazard's not really, uh, he's not really doing it. Uh, they're, they're struggling with uh, De Bruyne. When, when is he going to come back? Now, if they're still in the tournament when he comes, when he's fit enough uh, to return, he'll be desperate to get in there. And you know, um, he's like a. He's like a new mid-season signing in the middle of a, a tournament, and he'll be and he'll be fresh. He might not quite be as sharp in the first game that he comes back, but he's played plenty of football. As long as he's got, he'll probably have that a protective mask or, or whatever. But he's going to be fresh when he comes back, so that might give uh, Belgium the boost. Like as as he say, they, they they've maybe not got actually a very difficult run to the quarters. Um, if if they if they win the group in that um, and if they do it without De Bruyne and then he comes back fresh, as I say, that might be the boost that they that they need. Um, but I, they, they they're going to be there or thereabouts. But they're they're running out of time with this like really good group of players, so there is a bit of pressure on them as well because they they um, they they really need to capitalise on the, the 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 squad of players that they've got. I mean. Uh, you, you, you can't imagine that they wouldn't have won one of these things with that group of players um, if if it gets to them, they start like retiring and, and they've no got anything. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at their backline, Alderweireld, um, Vermalen, Vertonghen, all pushing on a bit now. Um, but really, you, you look at their front players, I mean, Yuri Tielemans at Leicester has been absolutely incredible this year. Aye. Like, Absolutely incredible. He's got to start. You've got De Bruyne. I mean, then you look at some of the other players and they're like, it's a shame that they'll not actually get a, a kick of the ball because, I mean, really, you've got uh, Pryat that was at Leicester. He's had a good season. Axel Witzel at Dortmund has had a decent season. But, I mean, Witzel's not going to get in over um, the boy at Leicester, Telemans. So, you're right, Kenny. They've got to start taking advantage of. I mean, this is their golden generation. I mean, Belgium, when I was growing up, always had a fairly average team. Like, 
I mean, I remember play, us playing them at Hamden, and I think their best player back then was Emily Penza, who seemed to just kick about forever. But then, and then the Mark Wilmots was probably two of their, their big players in the sort of early nineties, uh, sorry, late nineties, early two thousands. So that definitely need to start seeing the best. They, from were, good in, they were good in the eighties. They were good in the eighties. The, the the famous picture at the, the World Cup that is on t-shirts and that, where it looks as if Diego Maradona is beating like seven uh, Belgian players, and it's like, oh my god, Belgium must be rubbish. But Belgium actually won that game. Uh, it was just the angle of the uh, the camera because they'd just been in a uh, a defensive wall, if you like, and then the ball broke to Maradona, and it's just the angle. It looks like they surrounded by all these players, but um, they actually won that game against Argentina. So they they were they were good back in the the eighties, and then they've kind of they fell away a wee bit, but. They've got the beating of Scotland. I mean, like, see when Scotland played Belgium, no, that long ago, maybe like a couple of years, a couple of years ago, twice in quick succession, and they took seven goals off us, and they didn't even get out of second gear. Oh, uh, they slaughtered. Absolute lambs to the slaughter. I've not really seen another team uh, against Scotland do that to Scotland. Like, even when we've played, maybe like we've played Germany, know that uh, long ago. It was what was it three? 3-2, or uh, like you play England, you play, uh, we've played Spain, we've, we've been beaten by the odd goal, but Belgium, we you just, we can't get near them. You, we cannot get near them as a, like when, when we've played them recently, and we've played them quite a lot recently. The very first game I took my wee boy to, uh, maybe about seven years ago, was at Hamden against Belgium, and they, they beat us 2-0, and that was kind of when a lot of these uh, players were, kind of just starting out that they were kind of coming to the fore. But, I mean, the the, the Belgian fans were amazing that night, by the way. But Belgium seemed to just be, like, a class better when, whenever I've watched Scotland play them. I mean, I, I didn't watch a lot of Belgium. But, you know, um, they, they I, I didn't see anybody else as quite as good as them when they're firing on all cylinders, eh? Yeah, I think definitely got to got to hopefully see them kick on this year and hopefully they get England and stuff them again because that would be ideal. Um, what about yourself, Michael? Mbappe for me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right, so I want to talk a bit about now about the teams in our group. So obviously, for unless you've been living on the moon, we've got England Boo. and Boo. Czech Republic. Boo. Thank you for that, Michael. Um, it's difficult, obviously, to look at these teams and pick out a star man, but we'll try and keep it as simple as we can. So I'll start off with England. I think that the, the player that we probably really need to worry about the most is, is Harry Kane. Um, let's be honest, I think that we've got enough in our midfield that I don't really feel too worried. Um, that McTominay and McGinn, two of the, the top players in the Premier League, I think that we've got enough there that we could, we could win battles in the middle of the park. But I uh, keep having a recurring dream of Harry Kane coming up against Grant Hanley and the thought of it turns my stomach. Um, you know, it's kind of like what's going to be this boxing match tonight between the boy Paul and Mayweather. It, it should just be an absolute demolition job. So oh, I hope, hope so. In that case tonight, anyway. <laughs> in, in that case, certainly not in the other one so much. No. Um, in terms of Croatia, I look, it's probably the easiest pick in the mall in, in terms of Luka Modric. 
easily could have gone for Rakitic uh, at Sevilla as well, but you know, Modric won Rakitic. Rakitic is retired from international football. Oh, really? Yeah, I oh, just saw that quite recently. That's oh, well, a good thing. That. So that makes me happy. So perfect. So probably Modric is going to be. How many more are you? What are you saying? I mean, you're not worried about how many more. No, no. If he's not going to be there, no point in worrying about me. Um, <laughs> and finally, for Czech Republic, easiest one of them all. So Czech um, absolutely bossed it for for West Ham this season, um, and you know quite rightly was tipped for for player of the year and in some uh, columns and stuff as well. So that's mine. What about yourself, Michael? We'll come to you this time. I actually had exactly the same, but with Croatia as well. Uh, Kramaric. 25 goals and 6 assists and 34 appearances for Hoffenheim in the Bundesliga this season. He can play as a, a main striker or a second striker, but he's going to be a guy that he's going to be the guy that gets on the end of Modric's crosses, you would think. For, for England, yeah, like aside from Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling, he's one of those guys that if he finds a vein of form and kind of rides that momentum, he can be really dangerous. Having the two of them as a, a striking partnership is obviously dangerous. And yet, as a West Ham fan, obviously, Suchet had a great season. Like, 10 goals. And a lot of those goals came from him, like, playing in quite a deep position. So I think Scotland's got to really watch for those runs coming forward. They, they just, they've got to basically track him and man-mark him for the whole game. They can't take their eye off him at all. But yeah, I think it's it's pretty obvious that they're the main guys for for their teams. But every tournament, there's always some some guy and some team that just has a standout performance. Hopefully, it's a Scottish guy that that we're all raving about. But those certainly seem the main danger guys from the the group games, anyway. Well, on the back of that, then Michael, right? We probably should pick who we think Scotland's star man will be. And for me, there's one player that if I think if they play well, can really grab Scotland by the the, the scuff of the neck, and it, it's John McGinn for me. Um, I think that he's by far our best player in our team. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. I think McTominay's a great player, but is he that sort of player that can really be our talisman? Probably not. I, I, for me, it's McGinn. I think Che Adams could be if we get the service to him. That's assuming he's going to start. I, I mean, we'll, we'll get to the Scotland thing as well, but I, I'm imagining we're seeing Adams and Dykes up front. But I think if we can get the service to Adams or if he can be there for rebounds, he could be a, a guy that's a difference maker for us. Right, Kenny, we'll come to you then. Obviously, your stand man from the, the other teams and then you could pick who you think Scotland's stand man's going to be. Um. I would take I would I would take the match up against Harry Kane. I, I don't think he's the one that were, that I'm worried about. Uh, he gets on the end of things, and if he gets a chance, then he's the most likely to finish it. But the three that I would be most worried about, because uh, I just don't think our defenders can handle them, are Phil Foden. Mm. Uh, I think he's going to be. Like, if he starts to click in the England team, then I would be worried about England. Um, but Sterling, I mean, he gets slated by the English. And I, I would love if he was a Scotland player. Like, he, 
I, 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 he gives me the fear that if he faces up Stephen O'Donnell, can you imagine? Anytime he faces up, like, say, Stephen O'Donnell, I'd be like, oh, my God, Harry Kane's going to go here because Sterling's going to lay one on a plate for him here. So, Sterling and Rashford's pace, like, yeah. I mean, we, we, um, well, I mean, we've not got anybody that can handle that. I mean, Harry Kane's not going to run away for us. Like, but he's going to, he's the one that capitalises on the things that we are not going to be able to deal with. Rashford, Foden, uh, Sterling. But England can be got at, though. Like, the, the, I actually hope that Henderson plays because, if he starts against us, he's no match fit. He's he's a boy that I think McTominay particularly will run over the top of if he's no uh, firing all cylinders. But Southgate's got this like uh, loyalty or whatever that he wants to play Henderson. So I think that that's a way that we can maybe get it, uh, get England. Um, I mean, I think... Uh, if I move on to Croatia, I'm not actually fearful with uh, any of the Croatian players. Like Luka Modric, fine, but he's going to have played like he's going to he's going to be on his third game in nine days at nearly 30, 35, 36 year old. I, I'm I, I'm not actually uh, particularly worried about uh, Modric and that Croatian team because I didn't really feel as if he's got that much support round about him and he can't do it all on his own. He's thirty five. So I'm not actually that uh, that worried worried about it. And the the Lovren, he, I mean, I'm I'm cheating again. We're talking about key players. If he's playing, he's a liability for me. He's one that Scotland need to uh, be all over the top. He thinks he's brilliant, and he's absolutely brutal at that level. He is brutal, and uh, we. We need to we need to expose that. That's what, that I, he could be a key player in the fact that he's the key player that we need to get at because he's the one that'll will give us something. So I think Croatia peaked at the World Cup. I think they were very lucky to get to where they were. Uh, I think <laughs> this is going to be controversial. I think Modric is a wee bit overrated. Um, he, he 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 wasn't that good for Tottenham for me. He's went to Real Madrid. He's got amazing players round about him. I yeah. just didn't think that he's got the, the players at Croatia that that his uh, talents um, can can elevate those players to, to the level that they need to. So I, I'm actually worried about uh, Croatia. I think that they are there for the taking. When there's never a better time to uh, to play them, especially in the third game, because uh, a lot of their players are, are getting a bit older, as I say. Uh, Czech Republic, you've mentioned them. Thomas Suchek, man. The first time I saw him playing for West Ham and he was on loan for Spartak, uh, was it Spartak Prague? Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I, I, I hope that Arsenal can nick in and get him instead of uh, West Ham. But, because uh, he he's like, he's the type of player that, you know, he's he's always dangerous for getting a goal. And those runs are so hard to defend. He's a dangerous set pieces. Uh, uh, he's the, he's the, he's the danger man for, for me. But, Again, we've beaten Czech Republic twice, albeit one of them was lucky. Uh, but you know, we're playing we're playing Croatia and Czech Republic at home. Yeah. And I know I've said before I'll be surprised if we make it to the next round, but this is the best chance that Scotland will ever have, like past, present, or future, to get into a knockout stage in a major championship playing 
two games at home against two average average international sides that yeah. are probably better than us, but we're at home. We it's your home patch. We that should hopefully be enough for us to like get what we need to to finally make it into a, a an knockout stage as a, a major tournament. I, I, I as I say, I'll st- I'll still be surprised, but this is the best chance, and I'm I'm really worried about Steve Clark being too. Um, scared, if you like, to, to lose a game rather than going to try yeah. and take what we need to take. That's that, that's that's that, my that's, worry for the first game that we play too defensive, and then if exactly. we get if we get stung, then we've got no Why? way of coming we've back. Got, we've got the players that we could really go at teams. You yeah. know, I mean, and we'll, we'll come to our, our, our lineups, but I mean, really. Going forward, we're as good as anybody. And you look at some of the teams in, in the, the previous years gone by, like Northern Ireland had a run a few years ago. Wales made it to the semi-finals. And I mean, aside of Gareth Bale and Gar- and uh, Aaron Ramsey, I mean, they're, they're a squad in umpties. So it can be done, but I think that you've got to just have a bit of gumption and a bit of that bit between your teeth. Do you want to know what? We've, we've not been here in, what, 23 years or whatever it is. We need to have a go. But go, think, go for it. I know. Aye. Part of it, though, is like like we're talking about who our danger men are and who, who we're worried about. And it's like our, our defence against pace, as Kenny said, we, we've got problems there. And I think because of that, he's going to set up quite defensively. And like, it depends what formation he goes for. Like, does he go with a three at the back? Does he go with a flat back four? Does he kind of do a more like five? It's, it's going to be... We've played the same formation for... A dozen games now, and I think no way he's changing it. He's sticking with it, and I don't mind that. It's it's kind of grown on me. I think our our best players are forward players. I agree, I agree with that. We're actually you take you take the top teams out of it, and I think going forward we're a kind of match for most teams. I understand why he's maybe want he wants to make a formation that that is maybe tighter. You know, we can't we can't rely on sort of talent at the back so much so we we kind of make a solid base and sort of say right well you know we've got forward players that can create chances can score goals let's just not make let's make sure we're not kind of just too exposed so I I don't mind that if that's the way we want to do it Um, I would be worried that that we would be too defensive because I think there's that thing of you know if you're too defensive you're just inviting teams onto you yeah and they're they're not uh, great teams. Set up that, no if you set up that way, exactly yeah. what you say. If you set up that way and you concede the first goal, then plans yeah. the window. Oh, yeah. if, if we concede early against the Czechs, they will just sit back. They'll keep possession, and it will be a nightmare. Um, we can't do that. Um, and I I think we can go gung ho, but we've got to be kind of confident. You know, we've, we've got to go and take the game to these teams. Um, Absolutely. If we go ahead at Hamden, the crowd will hopefully then yeah. give them such a lift. But you know where it's like if we fall behind at Hamden, it's going to get edgy. It's going to get the fans will get on their backs a little bit. They'll probably get a little bit of leeway. But the last few minutes, it's like the fans will be really come on, come on. Yeah, Michael. I think we've got two thousand tickets. So no, I, well, I'm thinking I like the games at Hamden because it's not twelve thousand at Hamden. Yeah, but only two thousand of them are Scotland fans. Oh, really? Who's the rest, UEFA yeah, that... officials and stuff. Aye, but but Lee, Lee, 
do you remember the noise that was coming out of Bayview that promotion Very good game? Point. Yes. Very good point. I, for 2004, the noise there was actually amazing. Yeah, but you've got a one over it as well. Yeah. I didn't know it, that we'd only been allocated 2,000. That is absolutely yeah. shocking. Yeah, 2,000. Uh, I mean, I, I don't imagine that there'll be many like creation or Czech fans because obviously they would have to isolate coming in and stuff. So I, I don't think that there'll be many of those unless there's some sort of travel corridor pitch or even those anyway. Well, there but... might also be a lot of them over here already, like working and stuff. Potentially. A good before... job we haven't got Poland in the group because then that would be a nightmare. <laughs> But before we lose total total track, um, yeah, get a grip, Lee. You've, you're losing control here. You're losing. You're losing your team here. Come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> like a substitute teacher. I bet that's essentially me. And that's <laughs> that's job. Um, so no, I'll, I'll try and keep a better rein on this in future episodes. Right, Kenny, we need your um, Scotland player pick, and then we'll go into Gordon. I don't really have a key Scotland player. I. I, I uh... McGinn, McGinn's 250 to 1 for the uh, Golden Boot, by the way, if he was your key player. And my mate said he's 400 to 1 to score three goals for outside the box. Ooh, I would take I, that. I just said to my mate, bad. I was like, if he, does, if he scores three goals for outside the box, we're in the knockout stages. Yeah, <laughs> I would take that. He scores three goals outside the box against England, we lose 4 3. Billy. <laughs> 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 Look, I'm not having any of that level of negativity on my show, Gordon. You'll be getting removed quickly with a kick in the tag of the boot. Right. On that note, Gordon, <laughs> let's pick your players. Like, my, my Scotland's starting 11 or no, key no, for Scotland? No, no, key players. All right. Um, for Scotland, I would agree McGinn. And he's, um, when I was making my 11, um, I was sort of I was thinking a lot about actually where I'd want him. I mean, he's in the eleven, but where do you want him to play? Because I think it was the Austria game um, where we started. He was actually more sitting with McTominay, and we moved him. I think he actually just moved him up front, and we looked like a different team. Now maybe not playing him up front, but um, I want him to be the furthest forward of the midfielders because I think that's where he that's where he makes the difference, um, and I think. You know, for us, potentially, you know, getting the best out of him is potentially the most important for any of our players. So I'd pick, I would agree that McGinn is key man for us. Um, yeah. The rest of the teams, I pretty much agree with basically all what you've said before. Czech Republic, Suchek, they, they do not have a lot of goals in their team. Um, this guy scored 10 goals from defensive midfield in the Premier League. He scored seven goals in 30-odd games for Czech Republic. They don't have a lot of goals. They don't have, you know, if you look at their forward players, they don't have players that stand out. Um, and he will, he will be a big threat. Croatia, you look at Modric, but there's that thing again. He is 35. He is he's a great player, but he's past his peak. Um, I, I remember at 2018 World Cup, I really liked Perisic, the... Sort of left winger. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what he's been doing. Uh, he hasn't. I think he's well. He's gone on loan from Inter to Bayern Munich. You know, he's not a bad player. And it's it's like oh, what we're saying. He scored the recent friendly. He scored oh, the recent friendly. 
And I, he, I agree with you. I think he's, I think he's too old as well. Now. He's no, he's lost a wee bit of yard of pace. If, if he's lost a bit of pace, that'd be good. I mean, I scored twenty eight goals and a hundred appearances for Croatia. Um, and but I'm, but I've fallen into the trap of Croatia of imagining them as they were in twenty eighteen, mm. and I don't think they're the same team. I think Rakitic is retired. There's a few key players that have just gone past their prime. Um, if you look at the results recently, it's pretty dodgy. They got beat by Slovenia in World Cup qualifying. I mean, um, midweek, and again, it's a, a friendly, and you don't know how much you can read into that, but it was one all against Armenia. They dominated yeah, the game. Yeah. They had 19 shots, 68% possession, but they couldn't get past Armenia. Yeah. I, I started off thinking, you know, the Czech game is the big game. We have to win that game. You know, we've got to aim for four points. Where's our most likely three points coming from? What's the Czechs? Yeah. But yeah. I've now moved to thinking, you know, Croatia may be as beatable, if not a bit more beatable than the Czechs. You know, if we draw with the Czechs, if we're still looking at that four points, let's let's take the England game out of it. If we're looking at four points from two home games, if we draw with the Czechs, I, I think we can go and beat Croatia. I think they're, I think they're very beatable. You know, that. They do have weaknesses at the back. You know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen in that scenario. In true Scotland fashion, we're going to end up winning the last game. We'll, we'll draw with Czech Republic. We'll win the last game, and we'll finish third in the group. And we'll get beat by a last-minute consolation goal, and that'll knock us out as like the fifth. The aye. fifth. We'll best still, we'll still go out. Aye. The only team that's ever gone out a tournament with four points finishing third. Aye. Aye. That'll be that'll be Scotland. That'll be Scotland. It's happened to us. Uh, we we went out against uh, we went out in Euro '96 because we the last we beat, minute goal we beat mm. Switzerland, but Holland got a consolation goal against England to make it four one. David and that put it was four nil. We were through. We drawn with Holland, and it, and I, I believe it happened in uh, Italy '1990 as well, where we were going to qualify for third place, and then blooming. Uh, South Korea or something got like something happened with South Korea and we we got papped out again. Yeah, like we've yep. been so close. To, we we need to. Uh, that's why. That's why I'm like the first game. We need to go and like have no fear. It, it doesn't like we 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 have nothing to lose. We've never done it before. Mm. Uh, see, if, see, I will, I will feel sick to my stomach if I'm watching that game and I feel as if we've set up defensively. And scared to lose because, like, we've waited twenty three years for the chance to be scared to lose. Fuck exactly. that, man! Yeah. Like, this, like, that's 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 embarrassing. You know, this is a generation of Scotland players that haven't seen Scotland at tournaments. You know, um, anybody outraging up? They've watched it all. You know, Scotland have gone out of international tournaments in every possible way you can imagine. <laughs> but these guys never watch. These guys never watched that. You know, uh, was it on against Holland? Turnbull came on, or he started, and he was the first player that wasn't even born when France '98 happened. Oh, really? And and most wow. of them, even the older ones, they were little kids. They probably I, weren't I, really I, watching. I was, it. I was seven when Scotland were last at a, yeah. a, a major tournament. I remember running home from primary school to watch the France game. So that shows you how long it's been. So again, just to, to, to use my anchor and now and, and rein everybody back in, we'll, we'll focus on the agenda that I've prepared. Um, You've got an agenda. 
I have got an agenda. Oh. I've been trying to implement it all. <laughs> so we're going to go to our 11th um, for the Scotland game. And like Gordon said, I, I didn't really deviate from the formation that we've played with. So I'll just go for mine. So sort of a one, three, four, three with two wing backs is essentially the way that we've seen to play. So I've gone for Marshall and goals. I thought that Craig Gordon definitely could have done better with um, the, the free kick in the Netherlands game. And, you know, if I had a Marshall or a McGregor, that, that would probably have been a win for us. But that aside, Tierney, Hendry and unfortunately Grant if Hanley. Decent, if you had a decent referee, it would have been a win for us. It's yeah, never, never a free kick. Oh, yeah. Very true. Um I've gone for Tierney, um, Jack Hendry and Grant Hanley as our back three. Um, Robertson and O'Donnell as our sort of wing backs with McTominay and McGinn in the centre of the park. And this is where I really struggled with who I wanted on the wings, but I've gone for Forrest and Fraser. I think that if we could get both of those guys with a wee bit of pace and some balls in, and I, I couldn't decide that I want to go for the Kenny Duker tactic and play Lyndon Dykes and hope that we win the ball in the air. But I think that Lyndon Dykes has had a very poor season, um, not scored an awful lot of goals, and I went for Che Adams up front. Um, I, I almost went for Kevin Nisbet, um, but I, I think that Adams just offers that a little bit more. Is that against every... You would play that against every team? Or is that, your, is that your starting lineup against the Czechs? That's my starting lineup every game. Because I think that we've got we've got fluidity in the approach and everyone. Because obviously you're playing against England, you've got Tierney and Robertson could double up on Sterling. Um, so really, you've got two players with a wee bit of pace and defensive know-how um, on that side. If they play anybody down the left against Hanley and O'Donnell, they were fucked. Um, so that's where you're really hoping for a McTominay that's going to hopefully double up on that side. That. This, I'll be honest with you, this is the, the team that I've picked with Czech Republic in mind, but if we lined up with that approach against all the other teams, if we're saying have a go at it, then it's a good attacking team as well as defensively. But since you're the man that piped up, Kenny, who have you gone for yourself? I feel as if, Lee, you've just picked like Steve Clark's starting start 11. Like, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit frustrated with some of, some of the guys that he uh, plays. Like, I, as I said, I think we need to go for it. I, I, uh, the likes of Stephen O'Donnell, I, who has served us pretty well, but I, I, I don't see him as being a, a, a dif the difference between us qualifying or no. Um, I think there's a bigger picture. Anyway, I've uh, I've kind of got the same kind of idea. Three, four, the 3-4-3 three, three that becomes a... Five four one against the ball, yeah. um, which is probably why I, I haven't got Forrest or Fraser anywhere near uh, near the team. Um, I would I would go for Gordon and goals because I, I I didn't feel as if Marshall is uh, has really been on form. I think uh, I, I I think I trust uh, Craig Gordon and and anybody anybody that's uh, uh, managed to. Uh, stop me for scoring must be a top goalkeeper, oh, you know. <laughs> we all know that Lyndon Dykes is a poor Kenny Joker. We all know that. Goes without saying. So, see, I, if I, any I, teams, see if any of these teams want to come and get uh, any ideas for scoring against uh, a Holland keeper that's at the Euros and needing any tips for that. Uh, 
if they come up against Tim Krul, I'm, I'm happy to offer any, <laughs> any advice. I'm guessing well, it wasn't a penalty. You did mention the last time you were capped internationally for the doctors team, so... I, 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 well, but that was for Great Britain, so... Uh, to yeah, be keep fair... That down, keep that on the down low. On, on Twitter. Uh, anyway, right, so I'm, I would, if, if I'm picking the team, if I'm picking the team, I'm not I'm no going with what I think the team is going to be. If I'm picking the team, I'm going with Craig Gordon and goals. Yeah. I didn't really think... I think we've got a lot of centre-backs... But I don't think anybody stands out to me. I feel as if like there, there's nobody that's any better than any of the other ones. Um, I, I would definitely have Hendry in because I feel as if if he is a good Euros, then he potentially like that kicks on his career, which is better for Scotland in the in the future as well. All the rest of the centre backs are round about the thirty age and and and. Uh, not uh, not got the same potential, so I'm definitely starting Henry. Plus, he scored against Holland, um, and and I've got got Hanley, and, and and I'll probably play Hanley in the middle of the three because he can get exposed a wee bit, but he's got a wee bit more experience. He can talk to uh, Henry on the on the right, um, and obviously Tierney, Tierney, he's just a slot in play. He's he's uh, definitely got to be in the got to be in the team. Uh, I would have um, Robertson on the right of the, the four in midfield. Um, sorry, the left, the four in midfield, and Nathan Patterson on the right. Now, that's because I, I feel as if he probably offers more than Stephen O'Donnell. Yeah. Stephen O'Donnell's know the future of Scotland. I don't think there's anything between them. I think if Nathan Patterson has a really good Euros, that's only going to be good for Scotland. The, the, the worst case scenario is that we didn't qualify for the next round. If we go with Stephen O'Donnell, I just feel as if that's an opportunity missed to get Nathan Patterson out there at the top level, and and uh, and I don't think we lose anything by by playing him. And, and I, I feel as if he's got more going forward than uh, than Stephen O'Donnell yeah. will, uh, and probably more physically, like faster uh, for playing against like these guys we're talking about England. But Kenny, uh, about, about Nathan Patterson, Kenny, just to, to play devil's advocate, he's played eight games. Jenkins, Jenkins, uh, Jenkins, Stephen O'Donnell is better than him. That's not what I'm saying. Jenkins, Jen, Rangers would swap uh, Stephen, Stephen O'Donnell for uh, Nathan Patterson. Absolutely not. The point that I'm making is, is do we go for that blend of experience which O'Donnell's got, or do you, do we just say, well, you know, the worst case scenario is we're going to go out. So, because there'll be listeners listening to this going, we should be playing a team that we think is going to have a chance to win it. And does Patterson's inexperience lead to potential mistakes? Uh, any player's got potential mistakes, but I I think that, uh, I personally think that Patterson's a better option if we're going to try and win. Okay. I like you playing devil's advocate. I like it, but I just I feel as if we're missing a trick. We're playing Stephen O'Don- Stephen O'Donnell. I, I just I, like I just didn't see that 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 he's um, going to be the difference between us qualifying and no. Yeah. Um, but Nathan Parson might be if he's like he's got no fear, you know. Uh, if if he plays like that, anyway. Um, he, I would play him um, in the middle. I would play Billy Gilmore 
Um, and the, uh, the middle, I think we missed a trick. See when the likes of um, Danny Wilson went to Liverpool, and then yeah. we didn't play him for Scotland. He was at Liverpool, like, and we didn't play him. We were playing guys that were like in their thirties. Like, we should have been having him as the first name in the team sheet for Scotland. We weren't, we weren't qualifying for anything. Yeah. But if we had had him as an international player, then he'd be more likely to have broken into the Liverpool team, which would have been better for Scotland. A lot of these other countries like like Wales, who have done well recently, they bring in guys like that, Nathan Apadu. He's playing more for his country than he's playing for his club. And he played with Exeter before he signed for Blooming uh, Chelsea. And he's playing, he's probably made his Wales, I don't know if this is true, but he's probably made his Welsh deb- debut before he's made his Chelsea debut. And then he's playing. Yeah. Uh, that, it, it just it gives them that more experience. It makes them more likely to play for their club. I think Billy Gilmore... Is a is is a much better bet than Callum McGregor, who I suspect that um, Steve Clark will play for the start. He, he, he probably plays Callum McGregor, but Billy Gilmore. If you put Billy Gilmore in there, he's going to sit. He's going to be tidy. He's going to he's not going to be bombing forward in in him. And then McTominay, man, he's he's so good, like at. Breaking forward, his engine is incredible. He's so fit. He is a guy that he can take it to England. Even like McTominay, if if you take the shackles a wee bit off of McTominay because you've got Billy Gilmore, who you know is going to sit. I just feel yeah. like Callum McGregor takes too much away for the team having him in having him in there. So I would have Billy Gilmore in with McTominay in centre midfield there, and then the front three. I would have Armstrong on the on the left, kind of coming into the right, and I would have McGinn up on the right, coming in on his left, and the two of them, when uh, when they need to, just drop in when we're off the ball, and they're better, they're a better bet. I'm arguing that uh, over Forrest and and Fraser, when we've not got the ball, so particularly against England, uh, I feel they, they would be a better bet. And up front, I'm going with Jay Adams because I think physically he gives us something that none of the other strikers give us. The pace, the power. He's got something to prove. Like, he's been overlooked by England. He's been overlooked before. We've taken him, especially against England. He he has got something to prove at this tournament. He's a guy that I think we need to go to. He's playing at the highest level in any of the strikers that we've got. He's a he's a must start for me. He, I know I know Dykes has got us and my, my wife is actually really good pals with his, his, his wife because uh, uh, she's with Dumfries. Um, but I just feel as if he's going to be loyal to Dykes. Dykes is going to probably get on, but I, I think we need to go with Adams. Like I, I just feel as if he gives us that bit, that bit extra. I know he didn't get us there, but I, I just feel as if he's the, he's the one that's got, that, that, that wants to prove it. The Billy Gilmore um, argument for me is is one that I, I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, we should be building our team around them. Boys just won the Champions League. Like, it, did it, did he play a massive part in it? No, but what I mean, play, exactly. What players is he training with day in day yeah. out? Like that 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 he'll he'll get picked in front of the likes of Jorginho at times. Like yeah. you know, I mean, like he 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 is a guy that. You basically, as soon as he's in about the Chelsea squad, he needs to be the first name in the team sheet. If you if you've got if you get Billy Gilmore breaking into the Chelsea Chelsea squad, 
and partly because he's number one pick for Scotland and he's getting that experience and that makes him more likely to play for Chelsea. If you've got Billy Gilmore and McTominay and the likes of McGinn as a supporting cast, like, what are you... You're building on something, like, amazing. We're not just talking about this tournament. We're talking about uh, Scotland's ranking improving, like, getting in better pots, getting easier... Uh, easier yeah. road to qualifying, maybe getting to other major... Char- I mean, Billy Gilmore, for me, is a, a is we are totally missing a trick. Because I, I know what's going to happen. We, he's not going to start. But I, I, I feel as if that... It's a, we're totally miss we're totally missing the the point and that, and we've done that in Scotland so much sticking with older players when we've had younger players and like and I see other countries blooding their younger players very early even when they're not playing at club level we just didn't seem to do that in Scotland and it's not done us any good it's done us zero good for the last uh, 23, 23 years it's it's been it's been hopeless. It's been absolutely hopeless, and we we we. If you see if you look at the team now, for other other uh, other squads that we've had, see this Scotland squad that we've got. We've got umpteen players playing at the top level, starting every week for their team in the Premier League. What you've got, uh, I mean, Armstrong, McGinn, McTominay. Uh, I would name Billy Gilmore in there. You've got Tierney, Robertson. Che Adams, we 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 would be playing with Championship players before. Yeah. Who who did we have that played in the Premier League back when we like in the in the two thousand? We had Darren Fletcher and James McFadden. I mean, the, the two of them. I mean, Fletcher had a few good years with Man United, but he, they were never first name in the team sheets, were they? Like yeah. Stephen Naismith. Like that was it. We were we were we were struggling. Now we've actually got players that are playing at that level. You know, yeah. we are better. We are much better than who we were. Couldn't agree with you more. Gordon, who are you going for? So, this is a wee bit like I on the Czech game, particularly, but I don't think it would change if I'm talking general. Uh, goalkeeper, I've gone with Marshall. I don't think there's a lot between Marshall and Gordon. Um, I feel like, you know, Marshall's kind of been the one that's had the gloves um, and I don't you know there's no there's no big reason for me to change it um, part of that is probably because he saved the penalty and all the rest of it I'm trying not to be too kind of emotional about these things but I don't think there's too much difference between them but do you um, but, but Gordon it's interesting you say that because like the although I've said Gordon I completely agree with that but see the message that it would send to the rest of the players that if you pick Gordon over over Marshall, like, anybody's available to get dropped. Yeah, it's I, not a bad. I mean, aye, we can't. We can't have. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you with that that thought. But but, but for you know for me, if I was picking, it, that would be a it'd be a really close one. I think they're both kind of. I kind of trust them both. I don't think either of them are you know great world class goalkeepers. Yeah. Um. The back three, Kieran Tierney, obviously on the left. Uh, Jack Jack Hendry for me, obviously on the right. Um, he's had a great season in Belgium. He's played well for Scotland. And I think, um, although we've got a lot of centre-backs, I think th- that's his natural position. That's where he chooses to play. He's a right-footed centre-half. That suits him. Yeah. Um, 
as for who plays in the middle, um, I, I kind of agree there's a lot. And I think, you know, you could have Hanley, you could have Cooper, you could play Gallagher, you, you could play McKenna. I don't think I don't think there's a massive amount of difference between them. And I might I might be tempted to pick one or the other based on maybe who we're playing um, and who might kind of deal better with what we're facing. Um, I think I put Hanley for it. Um, he's had a good season. He's quite physical. If their main threat is Suchek, maybe he's the best guy to kind of handle that. Um, the midfield, the kind of midfield four, starting again with the obvious ones, Robertson's obviously on the left. Mm-hmm. Um, McTominay, obviously in midfield. I'm, I'm not having this. Play McTominay at the back. No. Nah. Nah. Um, I, I had O'Donnell on the right, but Kenny's argument for Nathan Patterson is I, I haven't really seen much of Patterson, but um, you know if he's good, if he's if he's a better player than Stephen O'Donnell, I'd play him. I think to me that's it. I, and 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 I've got, I've also gone with Billy Gilmore beside McTominay. Um, I would be really disappointed if Callum McGregor's in there. I don't think he offers much for Scotland or, at all. Or by the way, Ryan Christie, can somebody explain to me him? Because I, every time I watch him, he's utter shugdite, right? Every <laughs> single time, right? And then, you know, apart from the goal that he scored for us... Right, the goal, yeah. yeah. Goal, right? You know, what, 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 I'll touch his special place for that. Peachy King, mate, well done. But every other time I watch him, he's ballooning shots out, Phil. And I'm just like, every time I see him, he gives away the ball... And uh, by the way, he should be nowhere near, nowhere near the start another man. I, I think I, 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 when I was thinking about it, and there's a few positions that are quite difficult, and he was a name that was kind of on there and then off and on. And I think I was getting, again, I was probably, in my mind was the goal against Serbia. And I kind of thought, oh, you know, he's, he's a kind of, you know, he's a bit of a goal threat. He can nick a goal for nothing. And obviously his interview you know, which you've got to love, but again, that's that's just emotional. I'm like, oh, he loves it. He that's pulling on your heartstrings, mate. Aye, you need to, aye. You need to so, past so that. Chris Christie is out, but but Gilmore's in there beside McTominay, and one of it is, I think, I think Billy Gilmore's just a fantastic player. He yeah. hasn't played many games, right? But like three of his first starts at Chelsea, and I mind folk were going on about this on Twitter. Um, it was a Champions League game, a Premier League game, an FA Cup game, and he got man of the match in all three. Yeah. Now, that to me suggests that doesn't matter if he's 18 and he looks like he's about 12, he has got the ability and he's got the attitude to walk into these games against world-class players and yeah, do the business. Yeah, yeah. He, he is, he's, he's a guy, he's not going to be phased by lining up against the Czechs. He's not going to be. He's a class player. Now, if you look, now, like I said, I don't know much about Nathan Patterson, but let's say he's a, he's a good prospect. If you're looking at a midfield four of, say, Pat, well, particularly, you know, McTominay, Gilmore, Robertson, and potentially Patterson, that's absolutely class. I, I fully believe Billy Gilmore is not just going to be a very good, you know, not just be a great player. He's already a great player. I'd Do have you him in think there. That Billy Gilmore's got the potential to be Scotland's first world-class player since the 80s. I think Andy Robertson's a world-class player, but I think Billy Gilmore has got the potential to be better. Yes. Yeah, I think he's a better player. I don't know what age he is now, like 18, 19, whatever. 
he's a better player at this age than Andy Robertson was at that, at that age. Andy Robertson was probably still playing for Queen's Park, which, you know, fair enough. But um, Billy Gilmore's absolute class. And the thing that gives me confidence that he'll go on and kind of fulfil that when other Scotland players haven't is, you know, is, is the kind of, he seems to have this attitude that doesn't phase, that he doesn't get phased. Um, he, he walks into Champions League games, he, he plays against Liverpool in the uh, Premier League and he just bosses them, absolutely bosses them. Um, I think, you know, he seems like a pretty sort of level-headed guy with a, a, a quite a good attitude, um, which gives me the confidence to chuck him into these games. I mean, if I'm the Czechs, uh, you know, I, I was trying to think about it this way. If I'm the Czechs, who, who would I rather play against? Would I rather play against Callum McGregor or Billy Gilmore? Every day I'll pick McGregor. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. And it's for me, it's the same with this. You know, I'll try to think of that up front as well. I think, um, you know, McGinn, McGinn's got to be, McGinn's got to be in that kind of forward three. Absolutely. I think Armstrong as well. Um, you know, he had a good game against Holland. You know, he's just generally quite a good. Do you, do, you, do you think do you think that Armstrong gets bad press ever since he gave that ball away against England? Yes, that, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think I think that's been that is so short sighted. Like, um, I don't blame him for that no. mistake. Uh, really, um, he is class. That boy, yeah. he he's playing regularly in a team that's. No, really fancied, and he's one of their main guys yeah. at Southampton. And, and, the, and him the, and Adams the, play the together. understanding well. between Jay Adams and Armstrong as well, which is something that we can capitalise on as a uh, in the national team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's got... Armstrong, I'm really sorry, but I, I think of that Gareth Southgate advert where he's got the bag over his head. <laughs> just, just for that England that was there. Oh, right, yeah. This goes through my head every time. Like, why didn't you put it in the stands? But, I but am one look, of those that reminded people. But you look at that as well. Like, you know, like Kerry was saying, every player, doesn't matter how good you are, you're going to make mistakes. I mean, yeah. Zinedine Zidane oh. fucking lost the head in a World Cup final and probably lost it for France by getting sent off. Yeah. It doesn't mean you, right. doesn't mean he's not first name on the team sheet. He's, he is. Right. Well, look, um, at, look at look at Stuart Armstrong's career in the Premiership since yeah, that happened. Yeah, it's been great. Like it's been better than better than expected. You know, he's 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 really he's pushed on despite the negative ne- negativity for that. Yeah, Aye, it's like if if you're again like so. My front three is McGinn, uh, Armstrong, and Adams, and I think part of that is I think I get I think Adams is a better player than. Uh, Dyke says he's on better form, and I think part of it is you look at the Czechs and you look at them. They're kind of they'll be solid. They'll play four two three one. They play Suchek and a centre half in midfield. They're all big guys. Who do they want to play against? Do they want to play against Lyndon Dykes or do they want to play against Shea Adams? They want to play against Lyndon Dykes because one, you know, he hasn't scored many goals in the past year, and two, I think you know Dykes and Adams are different styles, and there may be games where it suits us to play Adams and other games where it suits us to play Dykes. I think against the Czechs, they want to play against Dykes. They don't want to play against Adams, who's maybe kind of dropping a bit deep, looking to get the ball outside the box, create a bit of space and get a shot he away. Can, he's, fat, he's faster, he's stronger, yeah. he's more powerful, yeah. he's got a better shot for yeah. outside the box. Like, 
I mean, yeah. Dykes needs somebody to create something for him. I mean, Adams will take somebody creating something for him, but Adams has got the potential to create something for himself. But yeah. I didn't really feel that Dykes, Dykes doesn't have that. He no. he might create something for somebody else with his physical presence. Uh, but I, I mean, I'm just going back to this Forrest and and uh, and uh, Fraser thing. It, it's like Fraser and Forrest look fast. But see that Stuart Armstrong, he glides like what we were talking about earlier. Like he physically, he's a better player, uh, and he glides. He, do, he doesn't look as fast, but he is fast. He covers the ground. He, he, uh, he's very was intelligent. The, was it our second goal against Holland where he kind of broke from uh, the edge of the box? Was yeah. that our goal? Or was it just a he? Aye, he broke for the edge of the box, um, and that that kind of let Robertson get away. Um, I really like he's, a, he's a good player um, and again if you're the Czechs you know, do you want to play against a front three of say you know, Forrest, Christie and Dykes or do you want to play against McGinn, Armstrong and Adams Christie for me wouldn't even be in, in the squad, I think he's murder uh, oh, come on come on, come on. <laughs> Christie Christie's good, like Christie who's Set pieces, he's, he's no bad on the set pieces. Uh, I mean, I've got a soft spot for uh, Ryan Christie because I played against his dad. That's <laughs> <laughs> how old I am. He was, he was actually picking me up at a corner when I scored my very first senior goal. So I've got a real soft spot for Ryan Christie. Uh, his dad, really I think his dad was 40, dad 40 at the time playing for Inverness. But I like Ryan Christie. I think he's served us well. I don't think he starts for me, but I don't think he's far away uh, no. playing. He's a good option. Forrest or, or Fraser. That's why we're here. Opinions, opinions. And speaking of opinions and opinions being like assholes, Michael? Uh, I'll just be quick because we've been through a lot of this. Goalkeeper, whoever plays against Luxembourg, for me, on Sunday should be the guy that starts. Because if Marshall doesn't play that game, he's been out. You've had Gordon playing two games, getting a bit familiar. So for me, it's a toss-up. I'd prefer Marshall, but I think whoever starts on Sunday has to be the the keeper that you start. I've gone for 3-5-2, which I know might not be what, what Clark wants to go for. I just think it's risky playing 3-4-3 against some of the these teams. But yeah, I've got Hendry right back, Hanley in the middle, Tierney at left back. And up front, I've gone for Adams and Dykes. Now, the midfield is where I went back and forward so much. I had Billy Gilmore in at one point. And then for me, if he was going to start, he would have started that game against Holland. And the fact he came off the bench, that was the time to have a look at him as a starter. And if he didn't start against Holland... I don't see them risking him starting in this. I'm not saying that's the right decision, but I'm kind of I'm kind of coming at, at from where Lee came. I'm thinking about what Clark might pick here. So I've got Robertson on the left. I've got McGinn, McTominay, and Callum McGregor as the midfield three, and then the right midfield. I went over so much, and I tried to shoehorn Stuart Armstrong in there at one point, but I don't know whether he would provide defensive cover so probably O'Donnell but I think I'd try and shoehorn Armstrong he has played right midfield 
So he could do it, but that's what I would go with. Funny, it's both of us have went conservative in what we think Clark will pick rather than what yeah. I But to be honest, you know, Kenny's team, more than I'm trying to kiss your ass when you've slaughtered me laughter even evening, but Kenny's it's exciting. Is, is the team that you want to see yeah. have for what I personally think we will see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, ideally, you know, I, I couldn't agree more with the Billy Gilmore argument. I think that he has the potential to be Scotland's best players probably since the Dalgleish era. Um, and hopefully that's this decided that we actually get to see of him. So we were going to do another, I was going to take us down memory lane for previous tournaments. Can I, can I just, can I just but, say, can I just say something else about the team that, like, see, see with regards to centre-backs, see if you're actually going with guys that have got the most experience. And especially against England, yeah. then I would be thinking that maybe Hanley and Cooper are a better uh, centre-back, uh, two centre-backs, and then you've got Tierney on the left. And yeah. I actually like the idea of having... Uh, either I actually like the idea of playing Cooper in the middle as uh, a centre-back three, because if at any point you want to go to a four, you basically shift Tierney out to left-back, you've got Robertson in front of him, you've got Liam Cooper who's left-sided at the left-sided yeah. centre-back, and you've got Hanley or, or uh, Jack Henry who's the right-sided centre-back, and you pull O'Donnell or Thingney, uh, Parson back to right-back, and you can having Cooper in as one of your three helps options if you were going to go 4-4-2 and have Dykes and Adams as a as a yeah. front two, which I've always liked a front two. Like, yeah. I, 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 would, I would love to see Adams and Dykes up front. I just feel as if the, the, what teams just didn't go with two up front anymore. It was always the thing. It was always four for two. You always had two strikers. Mm. It doesn't. It's not really the. It's not really the thing anymore. But maybe it's a thing that you you date Michael play two up because nobody else is doing it. Because do we have player for player the best team? No, of course we didn't. Do, do we have to? If we had any chance of winning this tournament, we have to be the best we've ever played every single game. Is that going to happen? No, it's no. But can you sway the scales on you, but your advantage by doing something different from what everybody else is doing? So it's not quite everybody matching up and it's whoever performs best on the day and you maybe get a tactical advantage. You might get a tactical disadvantage, but you mix it up a wee bit. You can you can chop and change a wee bit if you if you have the right players on the park, if you like. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think like, like our formation... A bigger discussion. You, you could look at it and say it's defensive. Um, but, you know, you could look at it and say, oh, it's fucking hell, it's a 3-4-3, three, three, it's attacking. Um, and now, now you could look at, you know, whether it's a front one or a front two. I think the main thing is, you know, you, you can't have uh, you can't have two guys up up front kind of, you know, both trying to play on the shoulders of defenders all the time. You, you can't do that because you, you sacrifice too much in midfield. But it's about yeah. how you can... You know, a, a formation that's flexible enough that gives you that opportunity when you're attacking, but you know gives you the, the defensive solidity. And it's about players that can now. If you're you know if you're playing Adams and Dykes up front, you know Dykes is going to be the centre forward. 
but then it's on Adams probably to kind of drop deeper a bit, do a bit more work. Um, and I think that's fine if you know if you you know you're going to be wanting to get two or three players up front when you when you've got the opportunity. So I think you know whether you write it down as a three four three or a three five two or a you know whatever, um, it's got to be the, the flexibility is the key and players that can kind of help that. Yeah, it's going to be are, are going to be important. Yeah, it's like I, it's see, with, see when I was at St Johnston, actually what we played with we played with two up front. And uh, but if we scored, um, then I dropped into midfield for for five five ten minutes. Uh, I dropped into midfield, and I was a midfielder. Now I, I was never a midfielder, but the the fact that the manager was wanting me to do that, it was, uh, and and I could do that. It was that flexibility of right. Let's we we get the we get the uh, we get a goal up. Probably five minutes after he scored a goal is a risky time for maybe conceding. Uh, his idea was right, Kenny. You dropping him in midfield. It wasn't because I was a good. I was good in midfield. It was because if you left me up front, I didn't have the pace to be able to worry enough defenders. So the other guy, Kelly and Sheridan, had to stay up front because he could worry more defenders because he was faster. And I, I dropped in as basically an extra body in midfield to do the dirty work, win headers, tackles, get to somebody else who could play better than I could for five minutes. Uh, it wasn't because I was actually a good midfielder, but it was like, you, 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 it offered that flexibility to be able, you're not taking too much away from the team, but you're you're making yourself more solid. So, aye, flexibility is important, but the problem is when you play too many midfielders and no enough forward-thinking players is that you start to become too de- defensive. If you if you leave Dykes or Adams up on their own to press four defenders, you're just inviting pressure on yourselves. Yeah, you've actually yeah. got to have a wee bit more. Um, you, like, you've got to be a wee bit more gallus and like a wee bit risky with it with the press to help your defense, help your defenders mm-hmm. out, help your midfielders get them further defending further up the park. That's that's the problem that I see for Scotland, particularly if we're if we start negative or or we or we get a goal, we start to like right, we'll sit in there. That's mm. always the Scotland problem, and that's why we got that's why we got um, turned over, lost the league goal uh, against Holland. I mean, if you if you look at you know Gilmore versus uh, McGregor again, now they might you know they might be playing a similar role in that you know they're looking to. You know, largely sort of get the ball in our half, move on to somebody. But McGregor, to me, it's always very passive, right? It's always just, oh. you know, look look forward. Didn't he see anything? Turn around, pass it to a fullback. If you look at Gilmore, you know, I he, a lot of the time that he gets the ball, he's in his own half, you know, and he's he's aggressive. He's trying to win the ball back, always looking up for a pass. It's pinging a ball over a fullback or slipping a ball in behind the defence, and that. Is massive. If you've got a midfield who kind of aren't looking to play balls like that, it's going to be much harder to kind of get get those midfield attacking midfield players into forward positions. Gilmore's always going to be looking for that, and players like McGinn and Armstrong and Adams, I think, could benefit from that. Field where like McGinn, Gilmore, Gilmore, Gilmore would be brilliant. I see if you watch Gilmore like playing for playing for Chelsea. Like and I don't know if it's because I'm a bit I'm I'm biased, so I'm declaring my bias. 
that I, I want Gilmore to be amazing. But wherever he's playing for Chelsea, I'm I'm watching the telly. I'm not even watching the ball. I'm watching Gilmore. And I feel as if, like, there isn't ever, ever a point where he doesn't want the ball. Like, it doesn't matter how much pressure he's under. Like, but he's always moving. He's always wanting the ball. I just didn't get that for, like, like the uh, some other players. The, the, yeah. He is... He always seems to be available for a Chelsea player to find Billy Gilmore. He's not. He's not. To Billy Gilmore. He's he's not just you know like a water carrier. You know, there's some players who, you know, they they, they'll sit in midfield, they'll get a ball, and they'll just make an easy pass, and and that's fine. Sometimes you need to do that, but there's some players it feels like that's all they do. Whereas Gilmore, although he's playing in the same position, he's he's always very active. Like you're saying, he's aye. always looking for the ball. And he's, he's putting tackles in. all over the place. Aye. He'll take a aye. touch and go past someone, and then suddenly you've turned defence to attack. I've never seen Callum McGregor do that for Scotland. Um, no. But no. I would counter I, that I, by I, saying... I'm watching Callum McGregor moan that Billy Gilmore is on the bench. But you, you look at what Gilmore does at Chelsea and who he's got around him. He doesn't have that talent around him in the Scotland team. If he plays but, those passes, do these guys that's going to run... I, I, I think Gilmore's a guy... You know, there's some guy... You look at maybe Sterling, right? We talked about Sterling. And, you know, you, you look at the players that he's got around him at City. And I think a lot of the times, you know, he's quite reliant on that. But I think Gilmore's a player that kind of makes things happen. I don't think... You know, when I've when I've seen Gilly, Billy Gilmore at his best, you know, he's kind of he's creating things for other people, uh, or or he's he's putting tackles in and he's spraying a ball over a fullback for someone to run onto, and it does help that he's playing with good players. But I I think he's a guy that makes it happen for other players. Um, we're we're in da- we're in danger of turning this podcast into the Billy Gilmore fan club. Yeah, podcast, oh, I, well, you two but, are. But like, <laughs> the, but, I agree. I agree with Michael in the fact that Billy Gilmore does have like outstanding players round about him at Chelsea, and and that definitely helps to elevate um, him and make him look make him look better. But I feel as if the way that he plays and the responsibility that he takes to get on the ball is only going to make the players round about him better. The only the only worry I have about uh, Billy Gilmore is off the ball, like like against the ball. So he's a bit lightweight. He's no go. He's no blessed with great pace recovery. Um, that's the thing. But if Scotland can keep the ball a bit better than what we do, um, that takes the pressure off the amount of time that we have to go against the ball. And Billy Gilmore gives you that, I think, much better than, like, say, a Callum McGregor. I just don't feel as if Callum McGregor gives us anything new. I'll be absolutely delighted if Callum McGregor starts and he scores the winner against the Czech Republic or sets up the winner or that. But I just didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't. I, I just didn't see that he has. He's not had a good season. I, I, he, he just doesn't offer enough for me versus what the potential is for for playing the likes of Bill Gilmore. Now, we're talking about a, a kid here that if if there wasn't a 26-man squad, he probably wouldn't have even been picked for the Euros. Mm. Yeah. 
that's embarrassing. I think that's embarrassing for for a, like looking at the 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 kind of SFA Steve Clark setup that that he potentially wouldn't have even been taken. That's why I, I don't. He's probably not going to end up starting any of the games. No, that yeah, I, I don't. I don't think like England with Walcott. Oxley Chamberlain, you know, in Wales, like you're saying, Nico Williams is in, in there and playing. Ethan Pandu is in there. Um, the boy Harry Wil- um, Wilson from Liverpool doesn't get anywhere near the squad, but he's um, he was in the, the Wales squad and that before. So, totally get it. Michael, before it gets much, much later, we've got your last section to do. Um, so yeah. now you've got something else to do as well. Yeah, so before we get to that, though, let's just quickly go round. Do you think Scotland's going to qualify from the group? Just a quick yes or no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't you ball it, Dicker. I, I just, I, I feel as if Clark's the one that's, I think we've got, I, I think we've got, I'm sorry you said quick, but I think that's we've okay. got the players to qualify. My main concern is that Clark doesn't get us through the group. I think the players could. I'm, I'm worried that Clark doesn't pick the right players, basically. I'm more worried about the tactical side if we do go too defensive. Yeah. I, I think we'll do it. That's, if if we don't win the Czech game, I will be gutted because I digged into it. The, like, they obviously got hammered midweek by Italy. England had hammered them as well. They didn't have one shot on target against Italy and they had 38% possession or something. That is a team for the beaten at yeah, Hamden. Like fans roaring you on, it's like if they don't win that game, I am absolutely going to be gutted. One it's thing almost, just made me... it almost feels like that game is like a knockout game. Yeah, yes, it does. Yeah, 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 yeah. If we didn't, we won me. Like it's imagine like a, a last sixty-four game. Imagine uh, a full handing for that game. Oh. That's so gutting. That, um, I know. I know. You know. I know. I. Right, what what we're going to do to kind of bring us towards the end of this is we're going to have a bit of fun. Now, we need to Doug here for it. So basically, Doug is now going to be fourth because I want to rank you guys one, two and three and then Doug will be fourth. What we're then going to do is you're each going to pick somebody from each group and we'll, like, whoever wins what I'm going to do next will get to pick from group A. Then whoever's second will pick from group B first. And then whoever's third will pick. And I'll pick for Doug. So we'll then have a little sweep. We'll allocate some points. And whoever wins tournament will get bonus points, etc., etc., etc. But to, to sort out what I position... I will end up in North Macedonia in group C. I hope you do now. <laughs> what, what I'm going to do... <laughs> now I've got a few of these until we can eventually get the winners so I'm going to go round everyone and we'll go alphabetically so it'll be Gordon Kenny Lee and then what I'm going to ask you for is I want you to name me there's been 10 countries that have won the Euros so give me any one of those 10 countries starting with Gordon Please. correct Kenny. France. What did you say? You froze a bit there. France. France, correct. 1984. Lee. Spain. Correct. They've won it three times. 64, 2008, 
2012. Gordon. Um, Germany. Correct. And they're also taking West Germany. They've won it three times as well. Kenny. Portugal. Yes, 2016. Lee. Denmark. Oh, well done. Yes, 92. Uh, I think that's all. The teams that are left were all before Lee was born, so this will be fun. Gordon. Oh, it's getting tough now. Netherlands. Yes, 88. Kenny. There are three teams left, three countries left. Uh, if, see if I get it wrong, does that mean that um, I'm out or...? Kinda. It depends what Lee does. The, what if I repeat one that's already been done? Then you're out. You're out. Right, I'm going to go Soviet Union then. Correct. 1960, the very first winners. Two teams left, Lee. Czechoslovakia. Oh, well done. <laughs> Oh, you're fucking I, shitting me. I've got to get the last one. No, no you don't. Right, okay. We're going to start a new category. Italy was the last team. They won it in 1968. Oh, of course. I did not oh, think you guys were going to be so good at this. Uh, haywire there. I didn't hear what people were saying. Right. So, now, we'll start off a new category. <laughs> I thought what this was, was going to be... I, 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 when, uh, Italy was I the last team. So, we're going to start Italy. with Gordon. Ah, yeah. So, we're going to start with Gordon. There's 11 host cities. For the 2020 Euros, give me one of them. I will. I will not look at this screen. I'll. Uh, I'll not cheat. Eleven host cities. Yeah. Glasgow. Correct. Kenny. London. Correct. <laughs> Lee. Baku. Oh yes. Budapest. Ah uh, yes. This is turning into a nightmare. Yeah. You're all too clever. Me? Yes, you, Kenny, yep. Uh, Copenhagen? Yes. Wow, you guys are good. Lee? London. That's gone. Nobody oh, said that. Lucky Lee. Uh, I said it. Who said it? Someone said, said it. Kenny said it second. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, so Lee's the first one out. So that means Lee will be picking third, and then I'll be picking fourth for Doug. So... We've got a shootout between Gordon and Kenny. Okay. Good, good luck, Gordon. Good luck. <laughs> Munich. Yes. There are one, two, three, four, five left. Rome. Yes. That was going to be my next one. Um, oh, I'm struggling now. Um, Bilbao. No. So, Kenny, if you get this, you get first pick. Oh, no. I'll have to get another one. Yeah. <laughs> you have to get one right. <laughs> There's four left. I'm going to go with Lisbon. No. Oh, man. Okay, so we're back to Gordon. There's four left. Oh, fucking hell. This is tense. Um, You're back in it. Amsterdam. Yes. So, Kenny, you need this or you're picking second? Stockholm. No. You could have had Bucharest, St. Petersburg, that are actually hosting games in two groups for some weird reason, and Seville. Mm. Bilbao was down originally. Bilbao and Dublin were down. And then they've dropped out for some reason. Well, Dublin, I know why, but I don't know why Bilbao's out, but Seville's in. That was tense. Okay, so well, well done, 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 
I'm not going to write this down. I'll listen back to this. So, Gordon, I'm going to share the screen here and we'll get all the groups up. And then you're each going to pick somebody from a group. And then you're going to get allocated points depending on how well they do. I'm trying to actually get group A up. Here we go. Group A. Is Gordon getting the first pick every time then? No. He's only getting first pick in group I just A. Get, I just get the first one first. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, here sorry, we go. Kenny, that, that means I'm taking Italy. All right. So, <laughs> Italy for Gordon. You've got a choice of three here, Kenny. Well, purely just to annoy Lee, I'm going to take Turkey. <laughs> Superb. So Lee, you absolutely got... love mugging me off. Eh? You Wait. absolutely love it. You've got um, Wales just... or Switzerland. Don't ask me. Don't ask me to pronounce any of their names. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Switzerland. Okay. So Doug has got Wales. Okay. So for Group B, Kenny, you actually get to pick first. Ooh. And it's Denmark, Finland, ah. Belgium, or Russia. That's a no-brainer. Obviously, I'm going to take Belgium. Yes. So then we've got Lee. You've got Denmark, Finland, or Russia. That's a difficult one, by the way. Mm. Um, I'll take Denmark. Ah. Ooh. That that... Is, that's, that's controversial with two home games for Russia. Denmark, is... Denmark are home as well, though. Yeah. See, I'm thinking like Russia always underperform at these tournaments, but surely they've got to be better than Finland. So I'll, I'll pick Russia for Doug, which leaves Finland for Gordon. That's the one I wanted. All the best, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> then Kamara's going to be playing with his baffies on, mate. Don't worry about that. Let's see where. Let's see where they finish. Oh. oh. <laughs> for Group C, Lee, you get first pick in this group. As tempting as Dog Master. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Before we start, who's got last pick? Uh, last pick yeah, in this you. group is you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, but that's all, that's all right because I know that Michael's going to pick North Macedonia for Doug because Michael's, Michael's bias against for, for North Macedonia. Yeah, I, I, I'm a surprise package. I will actually. North Macedonia. That's a. <laughs> I'm guaranteed no to get left with them. This, this is what uh, Doug gets for being wasted. That's that's Netherlands for me, Michael. Okay. Netherlands for Lee. So then... Oh, we've got me next. Uh, so yeah, I'm picking North Macedonia. <laughs> <laughs> Superb. Uh, so Gordon, you've got Ukraine or Netherlands. Oh, Ukraine or Austria. Oh yeah, uh, I'll I'll take Ukraine. Ukraine, and that means Kenny, you get Austria. I'm happy I never got North Macedonia. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I get I get there. first pick in Group D for Doug. Oh, um, oh, will I pick the Czechs and be a right bastard for him? Um, <sighs> he did get drunk. He did yeah. get drunk. And uh, Patchos. I'm I'm gonna give Doug Scotland. <laughs> so that means Gordon. 
Oh, look what, look what you've made me do. I know. I'm I, I, couldn't, I couldn't pick them, man. So, oh. Kenny, you've got Croatia or the Czechs. Um, I, I feel like I feel like that I want to just take zero points for Group D. <laughs> so that's the Czechs then. I don't want to pick anybody against Scotland. <laughs> you've got to pick one. I've got to pick one. You've got to pick one. Um, who, who, Croatia and Croatia or the Czechs? Well, actually, that that's that's all right because obviously I'm going to be supporting Croatia and Czech Republic in uh, their games against England. Yeah, so I'll take Croatia. Yeah, I thought you. Would. How did I get mugged off there? <laughs> because. You- that's just the way it works. So we're back to the, the start, and it is going to be Gordon picking first in Group E. That's quite a tough one, actually. Um, mm. I'll just take the obvious one. Um, ah, they're at home. I'll take Spain. Yeah. So, Kenny, Sweden, Poland, or Slovakia? I'm going to take uh, Zlatan. Ooh. That's and... good. Out and I'll take Poland. Yeah. I would have gone for Poland ahead of Sweden, I've got to say. So Doug's got Slovakia. Doug's so... Doug's Doug's lineup's looking very strong. <laughs> yeah, Doug's got Wales, Russia, North Macedonia, Scotland, and Slovakia. <laughs> so Kenny, oh, group of death. Oh, Doug's gonna love me because I've I've got Germany not qualifying from this group, so <laughs> I'm gonna take Germany. Oh, they've got three home games. Yeah. So Lee, you've got France. Hungary f- oh France. Right in there. So I've got I Hungary can, or Portugal for Doug. <laughs> I, I I won't be horrible. <laughs> Will I be horrible? Yes. Okay, no, I'll take Portugal oh. for Doug then. So. Oh, I've, I've, I've done so well out of choosing after you on behalf of Doug. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to get Portugal there. Yeah, Even I thought Hungary. you were going as well, but no, I won't. I, Hungary could be a bit of a dark horse, but I don't know. No, they couldn't. No, they've, that they've got two can. games in Budapest. It's no. a very tough group, though. No. Very tough. It is, it is. So that, that's a bit of fun. We did that for the last World Cup over here, and I've got to say it really made some of the games way more interesting for me to watch. I was rooting for countries I had no interest in whatsoever. Like Saudi Arabia I had, and I was like cheering them on so much. Like, come on, you Saudis, come on. <laughs> I think they, they ended up, they got through, or they, they got a win or something, which made I, I ended up winning the whole competition overall. And it was because they got a random point or three points somewhere along the lines. So yeah. it makes it a bit more fun. Well, um, what, you had the memories of previous tournaments. Have you got time to do that? Are you going to edit ah, the shit out of this? Anyway? Nah, why not? Let's, let's just go for it. Because I was wanting to ask as well, Lee, I don't know if you can even answer this. Like, Where were you when England played Scotland in the Euro 96? Um. I was in a pub in Dunfermline. One of my work colleagues invited me along and it was such a good atmosphere until England took the lead and then it just... It got quite nasty in the pub. 
And then with McAllister missing the penalty, eh, it totally turned. You had all this good vibes. Suddenly, it was like anger. <laughs> yeah, in terms of the, in answering your question for that one, um, I, I, I have no memories of that tournament at all. The earliest tournament I remember is, is France 98. But um, in terms of Euro memories for me, the, the, I wrote three, three down, and I'll just say them quickly. My favourite one is Saul Campbell's disallowed goal. Um, it was the drinking the absolute tears of the English of that one was <laughs> honestly I, I produced enough happy tears that game that I could have wanked myself silly for a month it was <laughs> um, the second one that I liked was Cristiano Ronaldo in the final of the last tournament like going off injured and he's willing his team forward. Um, I just I love the sheer passion that, that he showed. I mean, greatest player in the world, won everything at the domestic level to still show that that sort of winning mentality, even just willing his team on for the side was amazing. And the third one was was the Greece um winning it. And I'll tell you why. My dad um was working in a factory at the time and he pulled Greece for the sweep. Um, and he was absolutely raging, honestly raging. He came <laughs> in. And I used to have a pin board in my room. He's like, "Fucking Greece, fucking Greece!" And he, he threw the ticket, and I just pinned it on my pin board. And obviously, lo and behold, they won it. Um, and he split the money with me. So that's that's my memory of that one. Kerry, what's what's your standout memories? Oh, I've written down a few. Uh, I've got a. Uh, so the, the first Euros that I remember is 1988. Uh, and that was when Holland were amazing. Oh, yeah. uh, that was that was Hullet and uh, Van Basten uh, in the, the the Euros. And and actually the goalkeeper, that uh, the, the Russian goalkeeper, um Dasayev, he was he was amazing. They got to the final, but it took like obviously that amazing goal. Well, header for Hullet and uh, that amazing goal for Van Basten. Uh, another highlight for that uh, <laughs> that tournament was that England got beaten every single group game, which was amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm sensing a trend here. <laughs> uh, 1992, uh, I don't know, that, that, that was the one that uh, Denmark won when they didn't even qualify for the tournament. Amazing. Um and uh, Graham Taylor was a uh, turn-up heat, and the, oh, yes. uh, <laughs> the English media went into absolute meltdown. Uh, England failed to win a group game again. Uh, they didn't get beaten every game, unfortunately, but they failed to win uh, again. So that was two tournaments in a row. They had played three group games and hardly won anything. And that was after they had been in the semi-final of the World Cup, particularly satisfying. Um, 1996, obviously, the Scotland game, missed penalty, the Switzerland win. I mean, that was amazing. Ali McCoist's goal, the devastation when the news came through mm. that England had, like, well, the excitement when England were winning 4-0. Did I just say that out loud? England were winning 4-0 and I was excited. <laughs> and then... The, the only time I was excited that England were winning a game and they go and concede late on and knock us out of the, the, the tournament. Um, but just a special mention for Gareth, South, Gareth Southgate. 
um, my my hero in uh, 1996. So mm. I'm I'm hoping he doesn't let me down again in uh, 2021. Uh, uh, well, um, if he does, he might get a pizza commercial out of it. I know, I know, I know. He's got previous in the Euros at failure, so I'm hoping that it's uh, it's a, it's another one. There's probably some uh, guy in the squad thinking, you know what, I hope we get to penalty so I can miss it and then I'll get a good lucrative TV deal or a, an advertising campaign or something out of it. There you go. Uh, so you, you, you mentioned there was a trend, so I've got the year 2000. <laughs> so a particular highlight was a, a Portugal comeback from 2-0 down against England with an absolute thunderbolt for uh, Luis Figo. I was at university mm. in Dundee, surrounded by English people. Uh, that was particularly satisfying. And the next day at uni, I went wearing a Portugal strip that I had purchased prior to the tournament. Um, so, uh, despite beating Germany in the second game, England lost their place in the knockout stages to a last-minute penalty conceded by Phil Naval against Romania. Ah, I remember that. Amazing. Amazing. I don't even Even though Scotland won the there, that was, that was actually amazing. Right. You got death threats for that. Moving on to 2004, uh, I was in Gran Canaria with my mate in an English pub when Zinedine Zidane scored two goals in injury time to beat England 2-1. So the English were all, ah, it's one, blah, blah, blah. Free kick, penalty, Zidane, boom, 2-1, see you later. Uh, and then obviously they lost on penalties to Portugal. Uh, maybe the particular highlight was uh, David Beckham missing a penalty. Mm. Uh, they didn't qualify in 2008, so I've not got a memory. I've actually not got a memory for 2008. I didn't even know what happened then. <laughs> <laughs> so, 2012, uh, they got beat off of Italy on penalties. I think Pirlo like, did one of the... The Penenka like, is Joe Hart. A ridiculous wee dink down the middle against Joe Hart. Uh, and the... The Coles both missed penalties, Ashley and uh, uh, oh no, the two Ashleys, Ashley Cole and Ashley Young both missed penalties. Boom, out. Twenty sixteen, country with a population less than Edinburgh, popped them out. Iceland, yeah, amazing, amazing. So, I'm hoping that Scotland, Czech Republic and Croatia all qualify for that group and England finish bottom. That is, that would be my ideal. No, that's not quite true. Scotland finished second uh, and England last because I think it's an easier second game if Scotland finished second. But how amazing would it be if if Scotland finished above England in that group but no top? Well, well, probably... We'll, we'll beat England, be so cock-a-hoop by it, then realise we're going to finish top and get a shit game in the next round. And we're like, damn it, why did we have to beat England? <laughs> anyway, Gordon, your memories. I remember, the only the only Euros I remember Scotland being at was 96. Uh, McCoy's goal against Switzerland, I had a wee Scotland flag, and I was that was, that was the first goal I'd seen Scotland score at a major tournament, and I was that excited. 
I went and done a wee lap of the garden, waving my flag around, and then I got absolutely crushed when uh, David Seaman let that ball go between his legs and we went out, uh, getting ready for a career as a Scotland fan. That was good training. Um, and when we beat England this year, you're going to lap your garden with your chopper out. <laughs> well, well, if the neighbours if the neighbours are lucky, uh... <laughs> he's going to have a wee. <laughs> he's going to have a wee um, in his garden. But obviously, obviously, so since then I've had well, to rely on some good England memories, and my favourite is one that Kenny mentioned. It's that France one, that's a Dan mm. one. Um, I was at a pub in Edinburgh, the South Sider. Um, there was a good, you know, a good few English people in, mostly Scottish people. So Zidane scores the free kick in about the 90th minute. Pub goes fucking mental. Every, you know, some the barman was ringing the bell. Everyone, it's one of these things. You're going mental, and a couple of minutes later, you calm down. You're halfway across the pub, and ah, oh, it's fine. You look up at the TV, and you're like, France have got a penalty. That's it's about the 93rd minute. France have got a penalty. Zidane scores it, and then the whole place just goes fucking mental. Is that the one again. that he's sick in the run up? Yeah, I think somebody was sick somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure a Dan White is, and then he goes and scores the penalty. Oh wow! <laughs> but, um, I remember my that pal, bit. Of it. My pal was the barman, and he said there was an English couple sitting at the bar, and, and the woman was like, "I'm never coming to a Scottish pub again." <laughs> after after all that, happened. what was she like, expecting? I know, uh, but that that was absolutely fantastic. Uh, now, for me, I'll I'll keep this brief because for me. I've never been a big fan of the Euros, mainly because Scotland haven't qualified tons o- over the years, and it's I've always been more into the World Cup, so a- any memories I have of the Euros haven't been good on the whole, apart from England getting knocked out, and Kenny's kind of covered all that. I did like Denmark <laughs> winning that year, because it kind of showed that look, a-, a small country can go and, and do it. Greece, not as much, because they were born as hell. To, to get there, but at least Denmark played exciting football. So I think that was probably my, my favourite Euros. It, it, 96 was kind of good when it was in England because everyone was getting into it and Scotland were there and yeah, it was heartbreaking in the end. It's just nice to to be back at a tournament, but to be actually hosting games. I know m- not many of us are actually going to be at the games, but just to have Hamden hosting games, can you imagine if we hadn't qualified, but Hamden was a host, oh. it's that would have been even worse. I had tickets in the ballot from oh. you. Oh, I see. That's heartbreaking. Oh, I well, I, I didn't had, apply. I'm I, glad I, I didn't because if I'd ballot, got tickets, I couldn't have come over. I had entered the ballot for loads of games and uh, and didn't get anything. Uh, I, I, I don't know I if offer, I, I actually got offered two tickets. I actually got offered two tickets for the. Croatia Czech Republic game, but I was like, ah, I'm not interested in that. Mm. No, like, it, 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 it's totally gotten. Like, I, I, one of the things you did want to talk about was what about the the format, like in one country or in all these countries? Yeah, I I don't like there being so many hosts. I, well, I think it devalues see, it. Well, I, I disagree with that. Um, in a non-COVID uh, scenario, I, I, it would have been amazing to have a full Hamden with two home, essentially home Scotland games for the Euros. That would have been actually the best thing I'd ever seen in football, probably. Like, 
go like a full Hamden way in the Euros. Like, and and the, the, I think is Hamden no hosting like a later like. Yeah, we've got a round of sixteen game as well. Round of sixteen, like, and and I mean, imagine imagine Scotland qualifying, you'd have a, a round of sixteen game at Hamden. Like, I, I know that that might be unlikely, but. Imagine, I, I've got like, a funny feeling it's the winner of our group at Hamden. I might be wrong here, but that could potentially then be England. Let me check. Here's that. a question for you, Kenny. Oh, that'd, you that'd be amazing. What? Did you ever score at Hamden? Oh, mate. I love you. You just you're just like setting up for me. Like it's like a it's like an easy pitch that I'm gonna hit a home run. That's why I did it. Uh, obviously, I've scored for East Fife at Hamden uh, yeah. against uh, Queen's Park um, in the main stadium, but I, 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 I happened to score the winner in the Scottish Cup semi-final at Hamden as well. Yeah, I, I really, I really appreciate you setting that up for me. <laughs> I'm probably going to get this wrong. Dundee United. Uh, Dundee. 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 You're close. Right, before was... half, right before half time. Same thing. Rounded the keeper, slotted in with my left foot for an unbelievably tight angle. Uh, aye. And then the rest is history. <laughs> so I had, I had a quick look. The round of 16 game that Hamden is hosting is the winner of Group A, so probably Italy, uh, taking on the runners up in Group C, so North Macedonia. Oh, <laughs> get there with your Macedonian flags. Because that said, that'll be that'll be a big me versus Doug Titanic struggle. Oh, yes. there. you you won't be laughing when they they do well. It'll be the one. It'll be the one game where the Italy defense is younger than the strikers they're playing. Goran Pande <laughs> will still be the oldest guy on the pitch. How old does he? How old does he? Oh, I don't know. Let's he must be thirty. I am going to be cheering probably, on North probably Macedonia. probably much younger than we think. Yeah. So much now. North Macedonia is going to be playing games here and I'll be cheering at whatever weird hour it is and folk will be like, what's he cheering for? I'll be like, North Macedonia scored. Oh, he's 37. He's 37. He's not quite Roger Mila standard. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if he can do that little dance in the corner. But I, I, think, I think that's pretty much... It for the show, what I want to do on all these shows, I'm not going to be on the other ones most likely, is I've got four Scotland songs lined up that's been released for the Euros. Now, I know it's a mixed bag and some of you don't like some of the songs, but I'm kicking it off this week with a, a Dundee band. They're a punk band called oh, The Cundies. And The Cundies what? from Dundee. Say that, say that again. Cundies. Make sure you've got Lee's tongue in when you say it. Yeah, it's important that you get that right. It's Cundies. <laughs> and I I first heard of them last year because they did a song about Pete and Diesel. But this is a song. It's an upbeat song. It's called Kilts On, Taps Off. It's for Euro 2020. It's one of seven or eight Scotland songs that's been released. I actually think it's probably the best one of the lot. See what you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So that was the cundies there. Kilt's on, taps off. I only have a kilt that's black, which is from my wedding. So I might dig that out. I, I don't know. That with my East Fife tartan top, that'll be that'll be stunning. So I'll hand it over to Lee to, to round the show off. Yeah, I think that that's probably the perfect way to round the show off. We've been chatting absolute nonsense in your ears for, for two hours now. It's been great to be back and, and talking to you all again. Um, and it's, it's all for... going out unedited as well, because I haven't got time to edit it, because I'm doing a live watch along tonight. So whatever was said is going out. That works for me. Um, we've also got, um, hopefully have um, Doug Perry back, maybe he'll grace us with his presence, who knows. I'm sure that you'll be listening to this on your way to um, deliver all those roles tomorrow, Doug. I hope so he's sobered up then. Yeah, I hope that you've got a banging headache, you ignoramus. Um, but apart from that, um, thanks so much for listening. We'll pass you over to Gordon and Kenny with any final words. Gordon. Uh, not only final words, just really looking forward to the Euros. It's been a very, very long wait, and I cannot wait for that first Scotland game. Kenny? I only just realised that Scotland kick off in their game is two o'clock, and I have, uh, a, I'm working. So oh. um, I hope there's not too many patients that are going to be uh, upset about me having the, the game on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when 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 are we actually doing the uh, the next the that show? Is it right after it or we generally do them right after it? But if you're working, we could do it in the evening. I am. Oh man, I I I, I can't believe that they've got a game on during the day in Scotland when I've got I, I'm going to be working. I, I didn't plan that very well, did I? No, well, I, if you think it's six AM for me here, so I'm I'm not even going to watch it live because I want to be like fully awake to enjoy it. So I'm going to record it, stay off like when I wake up, not going to put on the internet or anything, and then no. just no, 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 I I'm not going to watch it live. <laughs> like Scotland are in the first major no, final. You're not even going to get up at six o'clock. I'm not getting up at six. You're not going to get up at six o'clock in the morning. No. I mean, was it was it when the World Cup was in Japan? Actually, killing me here. <laughs> That's why I'm not doing the the other shows because I'm not going to oh. be able to watch the games live. Oh my god! I, I would I would rather get be getting up at six o'clock in the morning than how many try and watch it in between in between making life or death decisions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let, let's hope nothing you, happens and this is court. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, it's terminal. Yes, get in there. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, no, that was a football. Lee, Lee, yes, you need to give me Michael's number because see when that game's going on, I'm phoning him. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm spoiler alert, one hundred percent. Oh, maybe I will get up then. Can not believe that Ryan Christie scored the hat trick? <laughs> if oh Johnny Russell had been in the squad, I would have got up. But I. McGinn scored three goals outside the box. I'm four and a half pounds richer. <laughs> I'm getting up, obviously, at six for the North Macedonia games. Ah, well, that makes sense. Ah, well. <laughs> hey, get your priorities right, eh? I think right, on maybe that I'm shamed, into, I'm shamed now into, to getting up. Michael, seriously, if, if you are not up at 6 a.m., one day, one day, one day in your life to watch that game, I'm, 
I'm I'm not going to be happy with. I didn't that. I didn't even know there was a six a.m. It's I'm no, I'm a, a night owl. I go to bed at two and three at, in the morning. I might just stay up. I, I, I don't I know what it was about Kenny's speech there, but I almost had the brave heart feed in the back of Right, you, you've <laughs> shamed me into getting up then. Well done, Kenny. Hey, that, that that's I I thought I thought more of you. Actually, I, mean, I, I, feel, I feel horrible now. <laughs> Do you remember when the World Cup was in Japan and South Korea and all the games were on? Uh, I, I mean, one morning I got up. I, like, I wasn't even doing anything at the time. Like, I got up. Um, it was like to watch like Bulgaria versus Ecuador at like seven in the morning. It's like, no, no, worst game you've ever seen. I was like, right, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> That's absolutely shocking. Because the, there was games during that Gordon, one on. Gordon, I have... I have the absolute utmost respect for for you. Like that, like that is actually unbelievable. Like was, getting up. At, what, what was it? Bolivia versus Ecuador. What was it? What I'm was pretty it sure. I'm, Bulgaria. It might have been Bulgaria versus Paraguay. Mate, it was the worst game ever. You are, you are taking it to new levels. Like I, I think I think Michael should be ashamed of himself. Well, it's a good job this is all getting cut out of the show. So that he wouldn't be getting up <laughs> at six a.m. to watch a Bloomin' Scotland game. Okay, and in, in the finals, the first game in twenty-three years in a major in a major finals. So here's my edit point. So I'm looking forward to getting up at 6am for, for that first game uh, against the Czechs. Nothing, nothing would stop me getting up uh, at 6am for that one. Hey, I'm actually I'm actually thinking about booking a flight to chat your door to get you up. <laughs> okay. You have to quarantine for two weeks, so you might need to leave now. Um, during the, that Korean World Cup, I worked in the bank as a mortgage advisor. And they were kind of wondering how I didn't have appointments for certain times during the day when all the rest of the week was really busy. And it coincided with when there was a game on the telly. Yeah, you've got to... That's um... better. That's better. I like that. I think we should end this show now, Lee, just because I haven't eaten lunch yet and my wife's upstairs and she's not going to be happy. Yeah. Lee's, no. Lee's quite happy that the pressure's been taken off him for a wee bit of time. Yeah. Enjoyed that for a bit. And on that note, before that changes, it's been a pleasure bringing this episode of Glory Days of Gold to you. Delighted to have been joined, of course, by Gordon and Michael, um, not you, Doug. And as as always, from that professional, um, ex-professional point of view and chief slaughterer of Lee Gillis, Kenny Jukasso, thank you so much for that. Until then, um, take care, stay safe, and more importantly... Come on, Scotland. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. <laughs>